Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white man. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. You're trying to change what it means to be an immigrant coming into this country if, if you're telling them you have to speak English. Uh, can't people learn how to speak English when they get here? Are we just going to bring in people from Great Britain and Australia? Listen to me, baby, that's all you got to do. You know, it's actually, I have to honestly say, I am shocked at your statement that you think that only people from Great Britain and Australia would know English. It's actually, it reveals your cosmopolitan uh, bias to a shocking degree that you think only people from Great Britain or Australia would speak English is so insulting. That sounds like some uh, national park revisionist. You are fake news. Very fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very, very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Lots to talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to start with that uh, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad new YouTube policy <laughs> that's making the rounds. Uh, has it banned us yet? Apparently not, if you're listening to this, although I guess banning isn't the goal of it, but... Um, it really makes... I don't know. What about our show last week? Yeah, well, yeah. put on your tinfoil uh, and figure out what happened in that scenario. We'll never know, I don't think. But uh, Well, next time there's a terrorist attack and I play the sounder, then we'll know. <laughs> then we'll get another <laughs> yeah. ex experiment with that. Um, what I do want to talk about as it relates to this policy is, is it makes clear where YouTube's priorities lie. And uh, I think those priorities are misguided, not just from like the free speech perspective, but even from a business perspective, I think they're pretty crappy priorities. So we'll get Especially into that. Especially from a business perspective. Yeah. So we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, you heard it in the intro there. White House advisor Stephen Miller and CNN's Jim Acosta, the original fake news guy. Don't forget those fake news uh, sounders. That was Trump talking to Jim Acosta. So he oh, is kind yeah. of. Yeah. It was. He's the guy that spawned those magnificent sound bites that we use pretty <laughs> much every episode. So these two have a battle for the ages, and uh, it's during a White House press briefing introducing some new proposed immigration legislation that the president and some members of Congress are, are uh, pushing. Uh, there are a lot of highlights to look at with that. Uh, the exchange itself, Acosta going on CNN and proclaiming himself the victor and how virtuous he is and all this. Uh, and then there was Politico's terrible coverage after the fact. I know you saw that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, cosmopolitan. We heard cosmopolitan bias. Who knew? That is uh, anti-Semitic Soviet-era term. <laughs> so, You're really grasping at straws here. Yeah. So Stephen Miller is the Jewish Soviet-era anti-Semite who advises a Nazi. That is the point <laughs> that we are at with some of this news coverage. So we'll get into that. Uh, hey, speaking of the White House, the mooch is loose. I feel like we didn't even give the mooch enough credit on this show until he was already gone. 
Uh, Anthony Scaramucci fired after just 10 days, or maybe it was 11 days, I can't remember, as communications director. We will remember his finest moments because we didn't go through those yet. You and I didn't. So we'll give the mooch the credit he deserves. Um, Lena Dunham is back with her usual business of lying on social media, or at least I suspect (laughs) it's a lie. What did she lie about this week? Remember, we had the uh, dog abuse a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was that was her last social media lie. What did she lie about this week? Find out next. Uh, Plus, there is a new TV show featuring what has to be the queen of intersectionality. This is a queer Muslim feminist featured on this new show on, what was the network? It was formerly ABC Family, you know, one of those cable channels. Uh, queer Muslim feminists being celebrated online, and it spawned this, uh, this, this great Twitter fight between, <laughs> between actual Muslims talking about how awful her homosexuality is and the social justice types telling the Muslims that they're not Musliming right. Yep. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, it will be all this and more on your favorite hour listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing our show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat and helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. There is more of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Wherever you listen to your, your podcast, you can find us. And they are all linked conveniently in the description for you. I got a couple housekeeping housekeeping items items if i could talk one of the reasons i can't talk is because i am dead tired and uh the reason i am dead tired is because i i've spent the last two days out in the yellowstone wilderness which has been really awesome uh but uh, i haven't recovered fully mentally or physically but uh two friends of mine and i did a backcountry trip uh friday and saturday and just got back late last night and climbed Electric Peak in Northwest Yellowstone. And I got a few requests to share a few clips, so I made a brief montage for people to check out if they want to see what some of the stuff on our was Yellowstone it three trip. Three days in the woods. It was two days in the woods. Two days in the woods, just us guys being manly men. You know. Sounds this is what it gay. looked like. Oh yeah, very. All the way up there to that. That's where we got to go. Electric Peak. Getting pretty close to camp, I think. And we'll camp overnight and take care of that tomorrow morning. Very nice spot for the campsite right along the Gardner River. Ah, How's that for a view, huh? circus guys it's pretty shit i'd say we should go back shit view two out of ten (laughs) bad yelp rating bad google rating (sighs) getting closer also getting sweatier (sighs) well it's always a lot longer than you think so we got up to one summit oh that looks uh, dangerous actually this um this last cone here to the summit that you see in the top center of your screen was yeah super sketchy much sketchier than i anticipated so but we met um we were up there and there was a there was this polish girl who was up there and she was with her group and her group was too scared to finish the the summit and she has to come with us and so we got this polish girl to come up uh with us her name was anna yeah so it's very cool um but yeah it's uh that last that last uh i don't know quarter mile you fall up there you're you're in trouble oh, so yeah. it, it was I, and i'm glad i had my friends with me cuz there were a couple spots where like i don't i don't know if i can do this but they found a route that worked and uh, we did make it through but 
We're gonna get there. Well, we did make it, man. Much smokier up here than uh, expected, but, and also, I don't know, I thought this, the climb up here was much sketchier than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> I've got a hell of a view, it would be much oh, better. Oh, What's up, Mike? Would be much better if it weren't for the smoke, but hey, who's complaining, you know? So that's all Yellowstone to the south there, Yellowstone River. You can see it, it's pretty smoky. Gardner, Montana down here. Yeah, we just witnessed a proposal up here too. She did say yes, and then it's uh, all north into Montana down here. All right, thanks for watching along with my vlogging, guys. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> so that was my trip, and we did. Yeah, we did. There was a group that was up there right when we got up there, and there was a proposal. I I was right about to get to the top, and I hear this cheering. Yay, clapping. And I thought they were cheering for my friend who got up there before me. And I get up, and no, it's actually it's a wedding proposal. Uh, so that well, was very sweet. cool. Good, good for them. That's uh, that's a hell of an effort. And uh, yeah. she did say yes. My my friend was joking. You'd have to be a huge, uh, you'd have to be a huge bitch or a huge dick or whatever to say no after such an arduous journey because it's ten miles up, ten miles down, man. It's uh, it's a tough one, but uh, we really had a lot of fun. So I don't know if my dude made me climb a mountain so that he could propose. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. You made me do all this work. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume maybe it's a, for some reason it's a special place to them or whatever, but. But yeah, that, that's what the trip looked like. So I hope you enjoyed the extra effort I put in to bring you some awesome scenes from the trip. No, I'm just kidding. I put in almost no effort <laughs> into, that, into that production. Uh, it was good. A touch broke back mountain, but otherwise good. Yeah, yeah. without the weird scenes, you know. <laughs> he edited all that out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I wanted to touch on fantasy football too. People have been asking about fantasy football. Hey, the good news or the bad news, depending on how you look at it, is I have more interest than I can handle, uh, which means I think I'm only going to be able to do one traditional fantasy football league, and I'm going to have to invite people by lottery. So if you've already signed up, I will pick winners by lottery. I'll give you 72 hours to respond until I move on to somebody else. I'll fill up a league that way. For everybody else, I'm working on creating a survivor pool so that everybody can play and we can do weekly picks and play that way. Because at this point, I've got, I think, more than 100 people signed up. And I, I wish I could play in a league with everybody, but, you know, I, I just can't. This show's just too big and I can't I can't manage all the demand, you know. I can't can't handle my own celebrity status. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it is a, it is a great problem to have. And uh, I, I really do wish I could do something where um, everybody who wants to play could play, but we'll have to manage it a different way. So uh, what I will do is uh, close the the form. There's a sign up form. It's still linked in the description. It's still open if you haven't signed up and you would like to play fantasy football with me this year. Uh, click that form. You can sign up. I'm going to close it tomorrow, and then I'm going to start emailing people on Monday. So keep your eye on your inbox if you're interested in the fantasy football league, and I'll let everybody know what's going what's uh, what's going on. Okay, that's all I got from, uh, well, I call it housekeeping. You might call it stuff nobody cares about. Because now we'll move on to things that hopefully people do care about, the actual issues of the show. I should have mentioned at the top, we do take any and all Super Chats in between topics as well. So are we good on Super Chat for now, or should we dive into it? We got like a million of them. What do you oh, want to Do you want to do them now? Let's, let's well, do them now. This is going to, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a thick topic, this this YouTube policy. Okay, we'll knock them out first then. Uh, Blue Vest Monkey, $2. I miss the mooch. He was hilarious. Yeah, he was, but that's about all he was good for. <laughs> we'll give him tribute. Yeah, we will. Uh, Josh D. Marshall, $2. I have a platinum wrench. I win at life. Yeah, everybody's mm. got the wrench emoticon in there. Connor Johnson, ah. $10. The mooch was too studly for his time. <laughs> it's that Italian square head. I, I talked about it two episodes ago. Yeah, history um, will remember him as ahead of his time. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Constantine, a mediocre $5. To quote Ross Perot, there will be a giant sucking sound of users leaving YouTube. Hmm. Although I don't think he said the YouTube part. Um, Dakota Stanton, $5. YouTube against garbage humans. Yeah. We, we have uh, Gabriel Lopez, $10. Andy Thank is you. not a faggot. So I guess whatever justice Andy. Justice for Andy. Justice for Andy for the first That's time. Great. Yeah. For our listeners that uh, that don't listen every week, this guy gives us ten dollars every week with a letter that says Andy's a faggot, and this is the first time he's ever said not, Andy's not a faggot. Yeah, not this week though. Andy is not redeemed. This week. Andy is redeemed. Josh on two dollars. Hey, big fan, one to support the show. Thank you very Thank much, you. Josh. Robert Atkinson, $2. Love you guys. Keep up the hard work. We love you, too. Thank you. Yoda Economics, $5. One reason I want to move to Montana is just so beautiful, and I love the hike. Montana is full. I have bad news for everybody. Montana is oh. full. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, just kidding. for um, non-Muslims, no. it's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we'll talk about we controlling we'll on. talk about controlling immigration in a second here. You're getting ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, the last one, we have Arky005. I apologize that my province... Being engulfed in flames ruined your view. <laughs> That's true. It is It is largely, there's some fires in western Montana. They're not really local to here, but my understanding is it, it is a lot of British Columbia and Alberta that is causing the, the haze. But it generally happens every summer this time of year. There's some fire somewhere close it or far. It is really that, smoky in Seattle still, too. Yeah, even even on the coast. That surprises me. It looks like a thick fog. Um, over I, the city. It's better today, but I will say this true. about Montana, too, uh, going back to what Yoda Economics said. I, whenever people talk to me about Montana and they're unfamiliar, they say, well, what the hell's in Montana? Exactly. Nothing. 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 That's the point. Yeah. There's a whole lot of nothing. My only, the only bummer thing about the, the backcountry trip for me is I didn't see any serious wildlife this time. You know, we didn't have any, no bears. Didn't see any grizzlies. We didn't see any black bears. Didn't see any wolves. Didn't even see any coyotes. Um, you know, just small little chipmunks and hawks and birds and things. Yeah, but close. Yeah, kind of a bummer. But, uh, you know, maybe next time. Okay. Thank you to all the super chatters, of course. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Do you want to talk about this fucking? Yes. Thing? So I, I know you. This was kind of blowing up this week, and I, I'm generally familiar with it, but I'm, I know you're more familiar with the specifics than I am. Yeah. Did you have the blog pulled up? Yeah. Let me get that pulled up, and we can take a look at this. So this is dated on Tuesday. Yes. They, YouTube posts this in their official blog. Yeah. Um, okay, so they said they wanted to do a few things. Apparently, this has been in the works for a long time. We kind of knew this because of the apocalypse. We knew that they were sensitive to advertiser requests. So in this blog post, they said that they're trying to have better detection and faster removal driven by machine learning. It was previously mostly human, uh, you know, flagging videos and, and mm -hmm. reviewing and everything. Um, then more experts to alert them to the content that needs to be reviewed. And then this is the real one, tougher standards for videos that are controversial, but do not violate their policies. So that's where it's going to become problematic for us. So let's yeah. go through what this really means. Um, so as far as the machine learning, really before, I think it was almost exclusively, I mean, there was an element of machine learning, but I think it was really people, like hundreds of people going through and reviewing um, manually. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this is, so it's, it seems that they've developed some kind of AI that they say is about 75% accurate with their, with their, yeah. what they aim to control or what they aim to discourage. So 
in theory, maybe that's good, but like there are reasons to th there are reasons to think that human flaggers are a bad system, and there are reasons to think that an AI system is a bad system. Yeah, and, and it seems like they're reasons to think that in tandem they're still a bad system. Right, and they've picked like the worst possible humans <laughs> to, to to be these trusted flaggers. Well, okay, so in this blog it says over seventy five percent of the videos we've removed already for mm -hmm. violent extremism over the past month were taken down before receiving a single human flag. So just from that sentence, I know that what's going to happen is the algorithm or whatever, the machine learning is going to take down videos like ours and then people that would be flagging videos anyway because they find them offensive, the same kind of what? people, are going to validate this machine decision. God. Well, and it, I don't have a problem with this particular sentence because it says over 75% of the videos were removed for violent extremism were taken down without a single human flag. Like to me, that implies actual terrorist recruitment or actual incitement to violence or some. Do like, you this whole really thing is, think that that's what they mean, though? They're, they're calling what, videos like ours violent extremism. And that's why I'm confused because it says to fight terror content online. And if that's exactly what it was, I wouldn't really have much of a problem with it. But right. then they're saying, OK, we're bringing in the no hate speech movement. We're bringing in the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL. Yeah, the Institute yeah. for Strategic Dialogue. These aren't anti-terror groups. These are people not. who don't like mean words. Uh, yeah. So that's the next thing that they wanted to do. They, they said our systems are only as good as the data they're based on. Over the past uh, few weeks, we've begun working with more than 15 additional expert NGOs and institutions through our trusted flagger program, including ADL, No, no Hate Speech Movement, and the Institute for Strategic yeah. Dialogue. Um, the ADL, I mean... They thought Pepe was a, a hate symbol. I mean, yeah, this is I've not like right an organization here. that we can trust <laughs> to make a, a sound decision about. They have this. a Hitler Pepe on the page that says, kill Jews, man. I can do that with <laughs> Ronald McDonald and say that, oh, well, you better not eat at McDonald's now because he hates the Jews. Uh, Pepe is a meme. Pepe is a template through which you can express any particular opinion. And right. if an anti-Semite expresses an anti-Semitic opinion through Pepe, that doesn't mean that Pepe itself is anti-Semitic any more than the alphabet is anti-Semitic because the alphabet has letters that can be arranged to disparage right, the right. Jews. You know, it's, it, this stuff is so... It's it, really it, it's, it's internet illiterate. Yeah, it's 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 really. Yeah. Okay. And so then they say they say. Oh, sorry. I just hit my camera. Um, that these are organizations that are proven to help stop radicalization and terrorism, but the ADL doesn't do that. No. There's no there's no demonstrable proof that they have reduced the amount of terrorism at all. That that's mm. not their mo. I mean, I think the ADL's mission statement actually says that they want to stop defamation of the Jews. That's I what it so. says like I don't, on I don't their have Twitter. It handy, but yeah. Um, so it's not like these are people that like know how to deal with terrorism specifically and that's why the organizations exist. That that's a that's an asinine claim. They're lying. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it, this this whole blog post of theirs is just using violence and mean words kind of interchangeably. And right. that not recognizing that distinction is how we lose free speech as a value. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's YouTube. I mean, of course, YouTube's a private company. They can do whatever they want. Yes, that's true. But if you want to be a place, broadcast yourself, a place for creators. You can't do this because it, it, it's just entire segments of society that are no longer going to be welcome. And the thing about this is you got to YouTube, you got to understand what makes YouTube successful. 
people go to YouTube because they want to see stuff that they can't see on TV or they want to see something that's a little more raw, a little more rough around the edges, an actual person with an actual opinion that's not sucking up to some corporate interest or trying to, you know, to, trying to do whatever you try to do on TV. They don't want something bland. They want somebody who's got a genuine, fiery, impassioned opinion. And that's what you get on YouTube and that's why people like it. Right, right. And, you know, the, the they're not targeting people, well, uh, conservatives, I suppose, but but the ADL, their list, I'm sure you, you've seen their list of um, all the alt-right and alt-light people. Like Gavin yeah, I know. McInnes I, I was on that I aimed to be on list. it one day. I know. <laughs> I felt a little bit left out. I was yeah, like, oh. darn it. We really missed out. I know. I know. It kind of bummed me out. But uh, a lot of those people were straight up civic nationalists. Mm -hmm. It's like as they try to identify everybody as alt-right, it just loses its power and its yeah. meaning. And this and is who is making the deciding the decision. And their, their inability to distinguish the Gavin McInnes's of the world from the Richard Spencer's of the world. And I'm not saying Richard Spencer should be banned from YouTube either. I would only say that if he was actually calling for a genocide, which as far as I can tell, he's not. As far as I can tell, he's just putting opinions out there like everybody else. And you can decide if those opinions are for you or if they're not. But as long as we're in the world of opinions, this policy on YouTube is a platform killing policy. You want to start policing opinions rather than violence, incitement to violence. Oh boy, uh, don't 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 uh, don't say you're the the platform for creators that you broadcast yourself all that because right. that's not what it is. Broadcast yourself within our very very narrowly defined lane that you can. Well, stay it's not in. it's not defined. That's a problem. Okay, this tougher standards segment will soon be applying tougher standard treatment or stuff tougher treatment of videos that aren't illegal but yeah. have been flagged by users as potential violations of our policies on hate speech and violent extremism. If okay. we find that these videos don't violate our policies, but contain controversial religious or supremacist content, they'll be placed in a limited <laughs> state. So what this means is that they're going to put these videos in limbo that have been flagged by people, whether or not they violate their policies. It doesn't yeah. matter if they violate their policies. That leaves people like us screwed. I mean, screwed. I don't know what we're going to, what we're going to do. Anyway, well, these videos they put in a um, limited state, you can't share, you can't like, you can't comment it. The only thing that you can do is watch the video. Yeah. And won't be recommended. Won't be monetized. It'll like, be then, like it's unlisted. Right. And that's um, like, first of all, at the, at bare minimum, I need confidence in you, YouTube, that you are going to get my videos to people who have voluntarily subscribed, people who have said, I like this content and I would like to watch it or hate watch it. We like those subscriptions too. But my point is, I don't believe that YouTube is in, it must promote my content. I wish they would, but they often don't. I know they often don't. But this is another step where it's like, are you going to fulfill the bare minimum end of the deal here, which is like people who have signed up to see my stuff? Can you guarantee to me that you they'll see my not. stuff? You know they're not, and these videos will not appear in search criteria either. <sighs> God. This I mean, is, and, um, and we won't know about it uh, until our sub counts start to just plummet, yeah. like close to nothing. Well, I know YouTube, YouTube and Google apparently think that they are invincible in this realm, but... You're, you're going against kind of the forces of nature here. You're going against just what, pe what people's interests are, what they want to watch. People aren't going to consume something just because uh, you want to consume something. The you want them to consume it. There was a passage in here. I, don't, I can't remember. It said, let me see if I can find it. It said what they were. Yeah, okay. Let me switch back here. Whoops. There was a... Um, 
it said early intervention and expanding counter-extremist work. When people search for sensitive keywords on YouTube, they will be redirected towards a playlist of curated YouTube videos that directly confront and debunk violent extremist messages. So Jesus Christ. I don't have a problem. Like mm -hmm. I wouldn't have a problem with this concept of, let's say you're watching a Sargon video and there's a suggested playlist that says, have you considered the alternative? And it's like Anita Sarkeesian and it would work the other way. You know, like if you're watching, I feminist, have a problem with that. I don't want somebody telling me that I need to consider alternative viewpoints. Well, not telling. This is my just, quest for truth. Just, just offering, suggesting, sure, just offering sure. the suggestion. All I'm saying like is, it. I don't like if, it. If it was ideologically neutral and it was actually an effort to break echo chambers, I could entertain the idea. That's not what yeah, this is. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's not what this is. <laughs> this the the idea that what YouTube is saying. If you search for wrong thing, we will redirect you to right thing. <laughs> to right thing. Yeah. That is what they're saying. It's almost that. unbelievable. Um, that was one of those blog posts that I had to read it and be like, this is actually issued by YouTube. They actually mm -hmm. said this outright. Yes. I, I was kind of amazed. I mean, it's such a bad proposition. Um, from a business perspective, these people act like there's no other company that could ever take their place no matter what. It's just hubris. But it's not like nobody can do what they do. No, no other platforms yeah, can be built. That's true. And the big, big picture thing for me on this is YouTube needs to keep in mind what makes it successful. And I don't mean necessarily financially. I know YouTube is not necessarily financially successful. In fact, I think it operates on a loss because of how much data they have to manage and how cost heavy it is to run the site. But the context in which all of this fits is advertisers leaving the platform because of, you know, someone at the Wall Street Journal got mad that there was a Coca-Cola ad on a video with, that had the N-word in the title or something like that. I get it that corporate advertisers got skittish, but YouTube's response is now to do everything to appease corporate advertisers and to try to court corporate advertisers back to YouTube. And I'm just not as a layman, granted, I'm not in the board meetings. Maybe they, they, I'm sure they know something I don't. But just as a layman and a person who posts to this, to this platform, uh, the corporate advertisers are not going to be your path to revenue. The path to revenue is is maximizing your creators. Like I'll give an right. example. We super chat has been excellent for us to be able to maintain this what, to maintain what we do, and people who enjoy this show like to contribute that way. And so, what I would like to see YouTube do is maximize ways in which people who enjoy content can support that content directly. Look how vulnerable Patreon is right now. And imagine right. if YouTube responded by saying, we'll just build in a Patreon into YouTube channels and people can support by video. Yeah, or but I don't want to have any more financial reliance on YouTube because I don't fundamentally trust them as a company, just like I don't trust Patreon. But this is a golden opportunity for people on the right to build these systems and develop them and then become multimillionaires because yeah. there's a real necessity for you know, just unfettered free speech, not, not have any kind of oversight yeah. outside of like, you know, pornography and things like that. There's a real need for it. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is if your goal too is to get advertisers back, you don't go to their door and beg them. You build something that is so great. They have no choice, but to advertise on your platform. Right. You, and right. the way you do that is by empowering your, your creators to the maximum possible extent. You build it big enough. Think about the analogy I use is the Super Bowl. You think the Super Bowl goes around trying to uh, trying to court advertisers? Hey, please advertise on our big game. They say, they say no, I'm the fucking Super Bowl. You're going to pay me or you're going to get out of here. 
because yeah. I got a million people that want to advertise on this because everyone's watching it. So if you think it's hateful or you don't <laughs> like the the scandalous halftime show, okay, I got 50 people in line who will buy ads in your place. Yeah. That's what you need to do. That's what that's how you court advertisers. You court advertisers. And there are big advertisers that care about free speech and don't care about playing on offensive content. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean other you people wanna, are still destroyed. You want to kill your platform. Imagine, I'm sure everybody's really excited to see the the policy compliant version of this show where all we do is talk about how nice everything is and we talk about I don't know, hmm, what are the ways in which we could maximize diversity let's let's have a thought experiment and then you get a coca-cola ad on it i'm sure everyone wants yeah. to watch that show i'm sure they're lining up i'm sure it'll work out for us and youtube my god it's it just bugs me when people have a, a successful product but they don't seem to understand why it's successful and so they undermine the reasons exactly. that it's successful yeah. that's what that's what they're doing right now <sighs> Yeah, I mean, they're definitely forsaking the individual content creator, which is the entire basis of YouTube. Yep. YouTube yeah. is nothing without the content creator. I mean, if PewDiePie himself was like, fuck you, YouTube, I'm going to VidMe or something like that, that would, just him, that would create such huge waves Yeah. for YouTube. I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. And so um, a lot of people have asked us about what does this mean from a practical perspective about YouTube and about this show and about our channels. I don't like anything that's written in here, but at the same time, unfortunately, I've put a lot of time as you have and invested a lot of effort into this particular platform. I'm not going to jump ship on it until it's very clear. One of two things or both are very clear. One is that YouTube becomes unworkable for me. So like if they do this to every video I post, of course, that's not right. Then they're clearly not the platform for me. Um, or two, that that someone with a lot of money builds basically a competitive alternative that works as well as YouTube without this anti-speech bullshit. And then, then I'd consider going as well. So don't expect any immediate changes. I have to see how this is going to roll out and see how it affects. So do us I. I mean, it's possible that it rolls out and nothing happens, but people have also got to understand everyone's like, just diversify your content. But that is another, you know, means that I have to communicate with people. It's another video I have to upload. It's another comment section, you know, I have to read and everything. That is a and, lot of work. And it doesn't really work. I mean, I know that it sounds nice, diversify your content, but, and it's Everyone true. Everyone still want, watches YouTube. You, and you don't want every one of your uploads to be the exact same thing. I get it. But at the end of the day, your audience also wants to know what they're getting. Like, people like to watch my stuff for a specific reason and it's because of the topics I talk about and the way that I present it. If I just switched over and was like, Hey, I'm going to post nothing but those Yellowstone videos. Now, maybe some people stick around, but you know, I'm going to lose a big block of the audience because that's not what they signed up to see. And I get that. That's why I don't right. post stuff like that. Cause I know that's not what you want to see except for in isolated cases where a few people asked, asked for me to show it. So I did. Uh, but that's my point is I can't just, I can't just switch content and be like, I'm going to talk about sports now. That's not yeah. why people want to come to me, even though I'd like to talk sports, but people don't care. That's not what they signed up for. And I respect yeah, my nobody wants I know to what watch me do for. makeup tutorials that nobody yeah. wants. Good God. I hope it doesn't come to that. I know. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, if I couldn't make the kind of content that I wanted to, I don't think I would keep trying, you know? Yeah. Well, that, those are my thoughts on that. That's about all I have. Uh, I don't know. Me too. You want to catch up on Super Chat again? I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you look so sad. Oh. You know, it just it bums me. It just it's just 
I dream of a world where people can just engage in voluntary transactions with each other. You know, you know like it seems I, you, like not very much to ask. Right. You. Oh, you would like to watch videos I produce. Okay, I will produce them for you, and here's a platform on which they can be exchanged. Oh, you enjoy them to the extent you would like to support them financially. Great. Let's arrange that. No, instead, there's got to be a middleman policing for the right words and the right thoughts and the right opinions. It, between Patreon and this, it's just so exhausting. Like, it, it's an entirely unnecessary piece of exhaustion that does not need to be a part of this, this exchange. Yeah, but they're, they're making it clear that this is going to be some kind of war. Well, they're going to lose. People want to see what they want to see. If it's not on and YouTube, it'll the be Streisand elsewhere. And the effect is fucking real, especially with yeah. Generation Z. Like, you think you're going to tell Generation Z, which is more conservative than almost any preceding generation, that you can't watch certain content yeah. because, you know, it's politically incorrect. They will be like, <laughs> they're more tech savvy than all of us. They'll find it. They'll yeah. popularize it. They'll make whatever new site that is a free speech can advocate. You, can you imagine even one case of, let's say I recommend to a friend, uh, a younger friend, a Generation Z friend, somebody who's in high school or early college now. And I say, hey, I really like, I really like this. I'll bring back Sargon again. I really like this YouTuber Sargon of Cod. You should check him out. So he goes, oh, okay, I'll go to YouTube. I'll go to YouTube. I'll Google him. Sargon, oh, I watched this video. I like it. And YouTube's saying, no, did you mean watch Feminist Frequency? And then he's going to click that and go, oh, yeah, this is way better. Yeah, I know. This is the stuff. I'm glad that YouTube kid is recommended. That going to be furious. As though that's going to convince anyone or persuade anyone. You can't just tell people what to like. You I can't, know. It's, it, it's one of those companies where they got so big and disconnected and so many leftists were integrated into the culture that they really lost sight of why their business was successful in the first place. And now it's it's just going to fail. Unless they walk back the terms of service and don't implement any of this shit, I think YouTube's done for. We'll see. I mean... uh I uh, look, I'm confident that that this is a that we love doing this and that there's enough people that like to that like to consume it, that one way or another, we're going to yeah. keep doing this kind of thing. and It's going to get to the eyes and the ears that want to see it. And one way or another, people who want to support it will keep supporting it. But it's just it's oh, you spend so much time building something that you think think is safe and then you got to start right. over. Basically, I don't want to get to that. But anyway, I know everyone loves hearing hearing us bitch about our. I guess our job or whatever this is. I don't know. Bottom line is I've had no more professional or academic fun or no, nothing more fulfilling in my professional or academic life than this channel and, and sharing ideas with people and talking about this stuff. And so the reason that I like to bitch about it is because I care about it so much. And I think our audience knows that. I would hope that they know that. Yeah, definitely. And it's not like the audience for these, for all these channels that they deem unworthy are just going to disappear or forget that YouTube did this. Like YouTube acts like they can tell us what we should and shouldn't watch and we'll just forget about all of these other channels. People would yeah. be furious and yeah. YouTube would definitely know. So if you're, right, if you're a very rich person with a free speech and appreciation for free speech, now's the time. Get a, get a good web designer, buy some servers and uh, build your alternative. And if it's good and user friendly and can handle, you know, everybody that wants to come, you'll get rich. You'll get yeah. really, really you just rich. Just got to pull a Philly D or a, uh, a PewDiePie to start it off. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but you pull one or two of those guys and all of a sudden the rest of us you know, smaller fish start swimming over. Yeah. Yep. 
All right, let me get through these million super chats. Um, AHNC all hat no cattle two dollars. Matt, your thoughts on Predator Bigfoot? We always talk about Bigfoot, so I'm putting the spot. <laughs> I that didn't right see now. Bigfoot in Yellowstone either. I am not. I'm not aware of Predator Bigfoot. I actually, that I'm. I should be ashamed to admit I don't know that particular Bigfoot reference. So if Predator Bigfoot is a specific thing that I don't understand, do email me and I would be happy to reply about. Can we get Predator through one show where Bigfoot. we don't talk about football? Or Bigfoot. We got to diversify our content, Blonde. <laughs> that's how we're going to keep, that's oh how we're going to survive this. Yeah. Oh All right. Mithrin <laughs> gave us $2. No hate equals the gay stopo. I presume that that was for Matt because ah. of his gay video. No, I think they're talking about the no hate. Um, geez, Over the YouTube pres- thing. You presume that's for my gay <laughs> video? Oh, my God. How harsh can you be? No, he's talking about um, no hate the the group, like one of these ADL groups. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. Groups. Sorry, Matt. And, and he's Sorry. saying that they are a particular uh, group that looks to combat anti-gay defamation, presumably. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's exactly what I meant. Uh, Patrick Waz, $5. Received my first paycheck as a new U.S. Air Force second lieutenant. Here oh, are wow. some of your tax dollars put my back. Thank you very much. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, thank, thank you for serving. Yeah, and congrats. Uh, Gabriel Lopez, I think that this is the Andy is gay guy. Um, yeah. After watching that Brokeback video, I have to ask, is Matt a faggot? By the way, this is my <laughs> third world Monopoly money, which now makes up to 10 USD love from Brazil. Oh, yeah, it does have an R in front of it. I thought that I, he was just handing us dollar bills. Well, I will say thank you to Gabriel for giving me an opportunity to respond as opposed to the Andy treatment, which is just accusation and no uh, listening to the counter case. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, look, I'll say this. If I had to pick uh, some, if I had to pick people with whom to to experiment, those two would be fine choices. How about that? What? This really <laughs> this really took like a real no, gay turn. They're real longtime fast. friends of mine. I've known them since we were like 15. I've known them for You're 10, You're telling me years. that if you were going to at like almost 30, dip your toe into the gay pool. You do it with a bunch of friends that you knew. You I wouldn't want, just have like oh, a yeah, non No, no. I want an established emotional connection, Blonde. Oh, my yeah. God. That's somehow so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look at what you've done, Gabriel. Look at, uh, <laughs> look at what you've done to our show. Uh, Ray yeah. Theater gave us $10. Thank you very much for that. Um, Dan Irish just gave us $15. Go pack, go. Thank you. No. No. <laughs> Take Whatever, your money back. Even... Get out of here. No, thank you, Dan. Uh, man, Dan's been around for, I mean, he's been listening to and supporting the show for more than a year now. Like one of those original people. Yeah, so since the beginning. That's I, uh, I, get, I, give him, I give him shit because he gives me shit, but I, uh, that's a person that I genuinely appreciate too. Then we have Liberative, $5. Is YouTube going to notify creators when their videos get stuck in this new purgatory? Uh, my understanding is no, but I think you would have to know because your comment section will be disabled. So I think you'd be able to figure it out, right? Yeah, and there, there'd be other clues. Presumably you'd see a views dip, a likes dip, if likes are enabled at all. Um, but I don't think they're going to like send you a message like they do when we get demonetized. No, but half the time, I don't even get those. Last I, week, I not this week, either. both of mine were demonetized. The one I did what? about the ISIS makeup stuff and the one about the Washington Post article that said there were trannies in the Civil War. They demonetized both. Right. And I only got an email about the ISIS one. And then both of those are just mainstream news topics with mainstream sources. They I, aren't I, demonetizing CNN for saying ISIS. Or, or Washington. Here's a fact about YouTube. As far as I understand, you cannot say the word ISIS in fact, I just did. So we'll see if this gets demonetized. But particularly in, and I have a theory that I think they're actually 
they're transcribing our words with this bot and they know they what are. we yeah. yeah. Okay. But as far as like titles and tags, you can't use the word ISIS in any context. Not even oh, like just a general news context. The yeah. titles of my videos, that's why they've been so weak lately. Yeah. Sorry guys, but I'm like, <laughs> what how can I get around to this while still conveying kind of what this video is about? Yeah. Um, then we have Starscreen fifteen forty, five dollars. Google is going to use machine learning. Really, Google needs to call Microsoft and and ask how Tay is doing. Don't worry about Google fortune. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Tay? Uh no. Tay was um, like a sort of, a, as far as I understand, it was kind of like a Siri kind of AI person or voice, you know, um, like a, a personal assistant, you know, Siri on your iPhone yeah, or yeah. there's Cortana on the um, Microsoft phone. Maybe Tay was before that, but there was this whole big scandal about how people, and now I'm kind of, I might bastardize this in remembering it, but there was something about how they, people, it was an AI and they had trained Tay, or maybe it wasn't even a personal assistant. I've probably already messed this up. It was an AI that they developed and they, and people had trained it to say like Hitlerian things <laughs> or to, to ask or respond in wildly inappropriate ways. Cause that's how the internet works and how people work. It's just fun to hear robots talk about um, uh, uh, hugely offensive things. Everyone finds yeah. that funny. <laughs> so yeah. Oh boy. Uh, then we have James Banner just gave us $2. Uh, just found your channel. Love your content. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Scott Malabi, $5, giving my weekly donation to you panhandlers, plus add to the appointment <laughs> budget to the Brokeback Mountain match. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Well, we're probably God, our parents watch long... this show. Jeez. Yeah, I know. My mom, my mom and dad usually watch live, but I think they have to wait till tomorrow night. Sorry, mom. Sorry. Dad. I know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, all right, my parents watch it. That's fine. I'll say whatever in front of them. And then I was thinking... Matt's parents watch this. Maybe I need to clean up my act. <laughs> yeah, and the cool thing is a lot of my, I know there's a good chunk of my extended family that watches too. And there was a time where I was like, I need to hide all of this. I don't want people to be offended by opinions or you know be, think differently of me because of opinions. But the reality of it is there's been several examples of my extended family appreciating it or coming it closer to me in you, some cases, yeah. which has been an awesome unintended benefit of all of this too. They're probably like that blonde woman, though. <laughs> I I, I got to keep the text private. I can't. I can't <laughs> yeah. um, then we have George Harvey, $5. You folks are great. I look forward to this show every weekend. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Uh, Black Magic, $5. 1776 is greater than 1984. Yes, it sure is. Yeah. Uh, Yoda Economics, $15. Last night I Thank drove you. an Uber with a Saudi Muslim from Palm Springs to LA. He told me how much he loved Trump because he's a businessman. He also says CNN here go. lies about how Muslims in the Middle East hate Trump. Hmm. Um, interesting. Uh, then Dan Irish again, $5. Tay was a Twitter bot that wanted to guess the, the uh, word for Jews that I'm not yeah. going to say on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, the ADL okay. has now blocked us offline. I know. I'm so sure that... we're done. Why $32. What do you think of Shapiro versus Chank? Matt actually made an excellent video about that. That is now approaching, uh, would you say 400,000 views? I mean, I don't want to brag or anything. <laughs> and how kidding. many subscribers did you get this um, week? No, it's, it's been incredible. That video is by far the biggest thing I've ever made. It's it's at like 400,000 views now. And it's pulled in like 15,000 subscriptions in the Ooh. last week. So if you're new here, welcome. I hope that I'm able to hold your attention. Although, you know, you're probably out of here long ago if you're one of those <laughs> people. But, um, you know, right video, right time, right? So to answer the question of if uh, about Cenk and, and Ben Shapiro, absolutely. I, I The debate was a little slow to start. It took like a half hour to start getting good. Get in there, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've got a whole video on it and um, I, got, I got my thoughts in there. 
Google it, as Cenk would say. Google it. You'll find it. So now Matt's channel is almost as big as mine. He's coming back for me. He said that was like the first thing he said today. I'm I'm catching up to you, blonde. Well, see, because when we started, your channel was was like half the size of mine when we started. And then you surpassed me. And I was kind of like, ah, I was kind of, I mean, I wasn't bummed. But you know what I mean? You get overtaken and... um, you know, I don't know. I've always thought maybe I could come back one day. And this has been the, the little speed boost. Good. That I, yeah. So maybe I I'll catch up. Race to 100,000. Race to 100,000. It's on. All right. I think we can do it by the end of the year. That was my goal. Hopefully. But that's yeah. lofty. <laughs> um, then we have Robert Atkinson, $4. Matt, do you play any board games? No, I don't, actually. Um, I, I do. Pl- I yeah, I mean, if I have people over or whatever, stuff like that. But I'm not an avid board game guy. I'll play video games occasionally, but I wouldn't be able to talk about more obscure board games or anything like that. Me neither. Uh, James Banner, $5. I don't know who that blonde is, but she's smoking hot. Thank you, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert Atkinson, $2. Blonde, are you aware of the linen statue in Seattle? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Not like he killed like a ton of people or anything. Come on, Seattleites idiots hey his ideas were never fully tried okay he was just <laughs> trying to get them implemented you gotta yeah. kill a few people <laughs> danger spaces five dollars i think youtube is looking at the current business model uh that myspace is using what also can we game the ai oh i see uh, also yeah. also can we game the ai so youtube deletes its spotlight channels um yeah definitely they're they're just gonna go in the toilet like friends yeah, and that's another factor in all of this uh, the spotlight channel remember we've been highlighting those propaganda pieces on a weekly basis for 25 the million channel. subscribers i don't believe that yeah yeah uh, it's a little fishy oh boy we still have a bunch so maybe we should just move to the next topic in. okay yeah we we can do that um that is that is the it's a good problem good, to have. good problem to have we appreciate everyone's support so let's save them at the very least we can get to them to close the show because um, we do appreciate everybody. The, the people who are contributing to this show directly, the people who are parting with their hard-earned money are the ones who are keeping this alive. Like we can't, we say it all the time, but the ads are non-existent. So it's you guys that are making this show happen and allowing us to have the time to make it. So thank you very much. We do appreciate Ooh, and it. And we just had 1,100 live viewers, which is Ooh. like one of our bigger shows. All nice. right. Okay, let's let's okay. jump into the next topic. Yeah, so um, <laughs> this is, this is, I started gathering the information on this earlier in the week and then I went on the trip and I kind of forgot about it and then I was assembling it earlier today and I just, there's so many layers of stupid in this story <laughs> that I, I forgot about even one of them until two hours before the show. I was like, oh crap, I got to prep this too because I can't leave this out. Okay. Stephen Miller, who is an advisor to the White House and he's particularly, I guess, and I don't know that much about him. What I'm told is he's an expert on immigration and a big-time immigration policy advocate guy. That is his thing, is immigration policy. And he and, the, and some, some members of Congress, uh, I, don't, I don't think he wrote the legislation, but he supports it and he advises the president on it. Some members of Congress write this legislation and the president comes out and announces it. It's called the RAISE Act, an acronym for Reforming American Immigration for Strong Employment. I always have those great acronyms. Anyway, so it's a new immigration law, new immigration law that's being proposed. And the idea, the central, the central goals or the central ideas in this piece of legislation are to cut legal immigration. So this is a bill that's all about legal immigration. This bill would cut it in half on an annual basis down from 1 million to 500,000. And it would, basically the, the premise here is making immigration a more merit-based system as opposed to, well, do you have family here? Or did you win a lottery? Did you, did you get, you know, your, did you win the visa lottery? That sort of thing. 
So it would remove pathways uh, for siblings and adult children of U.S. citizens or legal permanent residents. So generally speaking, if you just have a relative who lives here, that's not going to be considered a compelling reason to get into the country. Yeah. Um, it's going to be immigration a cap- act of 1965. It allowed like basically all extended family. Yeah. Which I'm not an expert on this issue, but that does seem a little bit silly. It doesn't seem like a good reason to me necessarily. Um, cap of 50,000 refugee admissions a year, which to me still sounds like a lot, to be honest. I, I don't have a basis for comparison there, but 50,000 is a lot of people. I mean, if it's 50,000 South Africans, then I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what it says about what, what kind of refugees, but, you know, <laughs> refugees in general. Um, it's going to end this visa diversity lottery. There's this lottery in place that, that picks uh, visa recipients by lot instead of by merit, which, again, doesn't seem to make sense to me at all, and especially if it's for the sake of diversity. We want diverse immigrants. Well, I want immigrants who are here with the right values, the right ideas, and are going to make America a better place. That's what I would like to see. And that's kind of what this, uh, what this policy gets at or this law gets at. Uh, said the president on this, uh, on this issue or on this particular proposed bill. This competitive application process will favor applicants who can speak English, financially support themselves and their families, and demonstrate skills that will contribute to our economy. So I guess a fine piece of Nazi talk there. Seems, <laughs> seems reasonable to me. Uh, the, the prospects for this passing are not good, though. It, to, to pass it, have to get through the Senate, break the filibuster, need 60 uh, votes in support. I don't think there's going to be a single Democrat who, uh, who's going to sign on to this. So it, it doesn't look like it's got a good chance to become law. But this is, what, this is one of those big issues Trump campaigned on. So you can't fault him for de- trying to deliver on, on what it is he said he was going to do and presumably what people voted for. All of that is the context in which... This advisor, Stephen Miller, takes the stage at a White House press briefing and describes this new proposed law, at which point Jim Acosta, again, CNN fake newsman, original CNN fake newsman, starts questioning the motives for this law and kind of calling it un-American because it's against the words on the Statue of Liberty, which apparently are legally binding somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And it just... um. Uh, well, it, it's a very interesting debate. I mean, people have seen it by now. It's not breaking news to a lot of people. So let's just get right into it. If you have points at which you want me to stop and, uh, and you want to interject, go ahead and let me know. So here's uh, Stephen Miller and Jim Acosta. Good afternoon, everyone. Before we get started, I'd like to hand it over to Stephen Miller, senior advisor to the president, to speak with you about the RAISE Act that the president endorsed this morning. Yes. Uh, what you're proposing here, what the president is proposing here, does not sound like it's in keeping with American tradition when it comes to immigration. The Statue of Liberty says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. Don't try. It doesn't say anything about speaking English or being able to uh, compu- be a computer programmer. Aren't you trying to change what it means to be an immigrant? We'll talk about how this is dumb, but it doesn't say anything about being a computer programmer. Maybe it would say something about skill, but this is centuries old at this point or a century and a half old. Why would it say anything and about I computer don't care programming? what it says anyway, because it's just on a statue that yeah. resides in our country. It's not the Constitution. It doesn't mean shit. I don't care what it yeah. says. Oh my God. That statue doesn't say anything about Internet applications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's stuff that didn't exist. Anyway, 
and it, it, it continues. Coming into this country, if, if you're telling them you have to speak English, uh, can't people learn how to speak English when they get here? Well, first of all, right now, it's a requirement that to be naturalized, you have to speak English. So the notion that speaking English wouldn't be a part of our immigration systems would be actually very ahistorical. The Statue of Liberty is a symbol of liberty enlightening the world. The poem that you're referring to that was added later is not actually part of the original Statue of Liberty. Well, you're it's saying that history. that does not represent I'm saying that, what I'm the saying country that the has notion, always thought of I'm as immigration the coming into this I'm saying the I'm sorry. No, that sounds like, that sounds Jim, like, let me ask you a question. That sounds like some uh, national park revisionism. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty... <laughs> National Park Revisionism, isn't it? What the fuck? What does that even? I I don't know. I I. <laughs> revisionism I, but... is like a real leftist buzzword. They love to throw it in there because it makes it sound like you're a Holocaust revisionist or a historical revisionist because you're a Nazi or something. So they talk... they do throw it in there. You want to talk about revisionism? Revisionism is the, revisionism is the idea that the Statue of Liberty governs policy at any level. That's <laughs> legal revisionism. I mean yeah. that that. that, that uh, well, anyway, we got to make it through this. We got to keep going. Jim, has always Jim been let me ask you a question. Of hope to the world Jim, for people to send Jim, do you believe people to this country? Jim, and they're not always going to speak Jim, English, Steve. They're not you always going to be highly skilled. In 19- do you have more on that? Oh, I mean, you can just tell, uh, like, this has happened to me a few times, I'm sure you too, because we've spent so much time talking, but like, sometimes you'll pick up a train of thought and then you'll realize that you've lost the train of thought and, <laughs> and some panic seeps in, you know, you can see it on your face and I can tell that's just what happened to Acosta. Or, Or sometimes you, yeah, you realize that your argument is bullshit in real time. It's never fun. (laughs) It's never fun, but it does happen, you know? So let's let's watch it. But I don't think he realizes that because spoiler alert, he goes on CNN after, and I guess I already said it and kind of brags about it. So we'll watch this. Yeah, but I think he's trying to cover his ass. I mean, he's trying to change the headline. Yeah. 70 when we let in 300,000 people a year, was that violating or not violating the Statue of Liberty law of the land? In the 1990s, <laughs> when it was half a million a year, was it violating or not violating the Statue of Liberty law of the land? The tell me what years, tell me what years meet, tell me what years meet Jim Acosta's definition of the Statue of Liberty poem, Law of the Land. You're sort of bringing a Jim. press one for English philosophy here to Jim. immigration, and that's never for been Jim. what the United States has been about, Steve. That I mean, you're, that's but you're also, your, your statement's also shockingly ahistorical in another respect, too, which is if you look at the history of immigration, it's actually ebbed and flowed. We've had periods of very large waves, followed by periods of less immigration and more immigration. We're We've had a period of immigration right now. The yeah, president wants to build a wall. Actually, you want to actually, bring about a sweeping change to the immigration Surely, Jim, system. you don't actually think that a wall affects green card policy. You couldn't possibly believe that, do you? I mean, you really don't know that. He came to this country in 1962, right before the Cuban Missile Crisis, and obtained a green card. Yes, but this whole whole notion of, well, they could learn, you know, they have to learn English before they get to the United States. Are we just gonna bring in people from Great Britain and Australia? Jim, actually, I have to honestly say, I am shocked at your statement that you think that only people from Great Britain and Australia would know English. It's actually, it reveals your cosmopolitan uh, bias to a shocking degree that in your mind, no, this is an amazing amazing moment, that you think only people from Great Britain or Australia would speak English is so insulting to millions of hardworking immigrants who do speak English from all over the world. And I just want to say... engineer the racial and ethnic flow of people into this country. Jim, that is one of the most outrageous, oh my God. insulting, 
ignorant and foolish things you've ever said. Thank you, and I'll hand it over to Sarah. I think that went exactly as planned. I think that was what Sarah was hoping would happen. I think that I think that was exactly what we were hoping to have happen. Thank you. I almost. I mean, I'm. I am also glad he was able to laugh at it at the end. I thought that was kind I of I thought fun. he was so great. He seemed likable and down to earth and communicative. I just thought that, that was just perfect. I, watched, I must have watched it five times. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got a lot to say about Acosta in this exchange, but I think it might be better if I wait till after his post-debate uh, bragging session on CNN here because it's super brief. He goes on CNN with, what's her face, Aaron Burnett, and um, that one guy from the Daily Beast is there. The guy who says anonymous speech isn't free speech, that guy. <laughs> John Avlin is his name. Yeah. And um, and he talks about, man, he just crushed uh, Stephen Miller. He just, uh, yeah, he just. It's not often you're, you're accused of a cosmopolitan bias uh, from somebody who went to Duke University wearing cufflinks in the White House briefing room. I do think when they're attacking the news media, my, my uh, experience, Aaron, is that they're losing the argument. And I think what you saw today in the briefing room was the top policy advisor. He's the top domestic policy advisor to the president right. uh, berating reporters. The American experience has always been, and, and the Statue of Liberty, I think, is an example of that, which is why I raised it, that we've always welcomed all kinds of people from all walks of life into this country. All people coming into this country have merit. They, sh- they shouldn't be subjected, subjected is- to a point system. You know, an unskilled person who doesn't speak English coming into America might give birth to a Nobel laureate or an astrophysicist mm-hmm. uh, or a neurosurgeon. They won't. And so so, that, I mean, that is what always, has always been great about America, in, in my view. And I was just, you know, essentially trying to test uh, Stephen Miller on a couple of those points. Okay, your thoughts. I don't even know where to start with that. All people that immigrate here have merit. That is simply not true. Some people are straight up detractors to their core. Criminals. Some are straight up terrorists. <laughs> yeah. What about fucking terrorists? What about... <laughs> All people have merit. No, they don't. What kind and of weird what, worldview do you what have? What drives me nuts about that center? too? Yeah, is even if even if you grant him the premise that they all have merit, presumably, Jim, there are still varying degrees of merit on which we could evaluate right. potential immigrants. Maybe some have a little bit of merit, and maybe some have a hell of a lot. And maybe we should say, "Hey, guy with a hell of a lot of merit, you should come in here." Sorry, guy with just a little bit of merit. Maybe next time. They're not all certainly they're not all meritorious in the way you're describing. There are some clearly some people who do not want to come here with the best intents. But even of of people who who do have good intentions, clearly there are varying degrees of the merit on which we should evaluate them. So it's just it's pure feels. It's all feels. No reason. It's nonsense. That's just that's just a ridiculous statement. Um, And then uh, if we can go back a little bit when he was talking to Stephen Miller, um, uh, what did he say at the very tail end there? I can't remember. We're going to have to. Well, there was, he said that you were trying to racially engineer society. Yeah. I yeah. That's exactly something to say about that. But, but that's just the nature of immigration and reform, which but, has to be done. And okay. And the question becomes, okay, Jim, what would you say about the low skill prospective Russian immigrant who doesn't speak English, who is white? Right. Uh, w- and, it would apply this- the same. This attitude that we're just going to take in whoever and they're going to give birth to like some genius that's going to save the world. I'm sorry, yeah. that's not enough of an assurance for me to take yeah. you in my country. I'm you you want to talk about who gives birth to astrophysicists and neurosurgeons? Astrophysicists and neurosurgeons often do. <laughs> I'm not saying... I'm not saying impossible. I'm not saying that there isn't a such thing as an anecdote of a person who comes from 
nothing and, and a, an immigrant family right, who's it's typically going to be you know native people that come from a, a good yeah. solid background and, and family and, and we mean, have to have some criteria for evaluation and part of that criteria is likelihood of success given the judgment criteria we can look at and i know that does that isn't always a hundred percent it doesn't produce the desired outcome a hundred percent of the time but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try based on observable data that we have it, it, yeah, I mean, I just talk crazy about this, talk. I just made a video about immigration as well, but there's an ethical question as to whether or not we should be bringing the best and brightest from impoverished countries into our country. It's only going to make mm. us a little bit better, a little bit stronger. But those people living in their third world countries, you know, millions of people might depend on them for survival. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, there's a way to think about it from that perspective, too. And so, you know, what I advocate in my video is a complete moratorium on all immigration <laughs> for like five decades, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it, it's not what's going to happen, but it's what yeah. I think we need. Well, you, you, okay. Well, you get Stephen Miller to explain it for you and he can make a good <laughs> case. The, I was the conflicted th about this bill. I mean, because it's, it's a step in the right direction, but it's just not enough. It's well, not that's what bugs me is to, as someone who I am certainly not a hard line immigration person. People would probably find me too soft on it. A lot of people would. I think you have on several occasions because a lot of the time I don't consider it like issue number one that we have to worry about. And a lot of people do. They say, no, no, basically nothing else matters but this. And so they find me too soft. That's fine. But to me, as, as a softy, everything in here seems entirely reasonable. You might, ha you might have points of debate about some of these points, but generally speaking, there's a, there's a, reasonable basis for each and every point. And we can discuss yeah. whether that's, whether the assumptions are good or bad ones, but of course everything has to be, uh, you know, that you hate this country and you're going against the statue of Liberty and you're a Nazi and all these bullshit, emotional feel talk, uh, type points. The, uh, the other, the only one other point I wanted to hit on the debate here, um, between the two is when Acosta is saying, well, I can't believe that you're not going to let English speakers in, or can't, he kind of gives that impression. What this a retard. It doesn't ban or you're not going to let non-English speakers in, I should clarify. English speaking, um, or, or under this under this bill, and as um, as Miller says, for naturalization, it's generally a, a prerequisite, although there are some exceptions. You can um, get out of that requirement with varying exceptions. But the point is, under this bill, speaking English would not be a requirement. It is just a bonus point. It is a, It is one of those pieces of it's one of those criteria that that form the merits system on which we're going to to judge prospective immigrants so i don't like this idea that oh you can't believe you're banning non-english speakers I and mean, he kind of gives that impression whether he intends to or not well people act like we don't have the right to discern where our immigrants come from but before about i don't know 1850 like everybody was coming from Ireland, Western Europe, they were all British. You know, it was like almost all white people with very similar cultures and they still had problems with assimilation. Hmm. I don't know what why people think that we do not have a right to, to pre give preferential treatment to Europeans in our immigration policy or certain groups of people in general. And just when you think this can't get any sillier, uh, it does, it does. Because I, I think this was, this came out what day? I forget. It was like Wednesday or Thursday that um, Politico puts up this piece, the ugly history of Stephen Miller's cosmopolitan epithet. <laughs> cosmopolitan <laughs> epithet. Surprise, oh, surprise. So stupid. The insult has roots in, in uh, Soviet anti-Semitism. 
can't believe it. <laughs> he used he's a, again. Stephen Miller is Jewish. So the idea that he's an anti-Semitic Jew who works for Nazis is insane. But there's some I mean, just listen to this. Uh, Even being Jewish is not a protection against the from the left. You know, I know, I'm I know. calling you a Nazi. It's crazy. Right. Uh, one reason why cosmopolitan is an unnerving term is that it was the key to an attempt by Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin to purge the culture of dissident voices. In a 1946 speech, he deplored works in which the, the positive Soviet hero is derided and inferior before all things foreign and cosmopolitanism that we all fought for against the time uh, or that we all fought against from the time of Lenin characteristic of the political leftovers uh, is many times applauded. So the idea here is that cosmopolitanism is being used in this anti-Semitic way that people often use the word like globalism. You know what I mean? That's oh, kind of whatever. What a claim. Cosmopolitan is also a trashy magazine that teaches teenagers about anal sex. So I mean, <laughs> what kind of what are we going to are we just going to say that any word that is referenced in some other way is, is now that's that's such a ridiculous claim. Well, you know why it's especially ridiculous, and I thank uh, listener Sean for sending this my way because I wouldn't have researched it because it's sil it's silly enough. I didn't need more silliness. Uh, thanks to Sean for sending us this because uh, lo and behold, there's a cosmopolitan section on Politico.com. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you go for all your anti-Semitic hate. You want uh, Politico's insight on anti-Semitism? Go to the Politico.com/news/cosmopolitan. And you will get all your Jew-hating needs fulfilled. You heard it here first. Oh, man. Okay. The reason people hate this stuff, um, to me, the reason I hate what's going on with Politico, and I guess this is an editorial piece, so maybe it doesn't count, but with Jim Acosta in particular, it's not even, don't get me wrong, I hate what he's saying. I, I disagree with virtually everything he's saying. But, you know, there's journalism and there's advocacy and you're allowed to be there's important roles for both. We need objective news bringers and fact finders and we need people who advocate for certain policies. Just don't tell me you're one and be the other. Right. And what Jim, what Jim Acosta is doing is absolutely advocacy. It is policy advocacy. He's not asking questions with in search of truth to bring truth to the American people. He's asking questions that that uh, support his preconceived agenda that he's going into this with so jim acosta you're welcome to do what you did i don't have a just just be clear you're being an advocate i get it cnn you're being an advocate i get it you're not the most trusted name in news you are the most hated you're the most hated uh source in 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 um advocacy and in lying and fake news i guess but but you get what i'm saying it's that added level of deception that really um <laughs> That, that really bugs people. It bugs me more than their policy position, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know that I really care about that because we know that we're not going to get any transparency from anybody in the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're less cynical than I am, but I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much what I would expect. <sighs> we already knew this about Acosta. Yeah. Well, I just, I just, I don't understand how CNN does things like this and then stands up there and says the most trusted name in news or whatever. S seriously. Because that's not what you're doing. You're not bringing me information. You're trying to push a cause. Yeah, but they think that they're bettering the world by pushing their agenda on everybody. They really believe that in their hearts, and it gives them fuel and fire. Yeah. Well, that, but that's not what they're there for. And that's why, in rare occasions, granted, they are rare. Uh, but when people say that they get news from like us or this show, I'm always like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not the greatest, fa we're not the greatest fact finder. We're trying to provide like an entertainment. We're not trying to be wrong, 
but we do have our the our, the lens through which we view the world, and we're trying to provide something that's entertaining as well. So it's not the yeah, greatest. Yeah, but we always double and triple check sources, and if we find out we're wrong, we always issue a retraction. That is way more journalistic integrity than CNN has exhibited, especially in the last two years. And we when are we a podcast. Hired, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So don't downplay podcast. it too much. We're still doing way more fact checking and research than they are. And somehow I have never had as many drops on Skype to this day, even with the shitty internet that I have. Not as many <laughs> Skype drops as CNN. Yeah, really. Okay. We'll we'll probably have to leave it there just because, um, man, this, uh, I always think we're going to be short on content and then we got too much. I know. <laughs> so I know, right? um, do you want to do some more super chat and then we'll, because the, the trans, oh, I had a transition planned and I forgot. Hey. Speaking of White House staff, we have to we have to uh, give credit to Anthony Scaramucci. So that'll be up next. All right, all right. Um, okay, I'll read a few of these. Let's see. Uh, the motivated geek, five dollars. Hey Matt, brand new sub, recommended by a friend. Do you think the skeptic community is overreacting overreacting about YouTube's new policy? I know it's mm. bad, but still, um, I don't really see a lot of overreaction. I think that most reactions are probably fitting because this is really bad. Yeah, and I would say um, I, the only way I would characterize it as an overreaction, the only caution I would advise is the one that I'm trying to take, which is let's wait and see how it plays out before we react. However, I got to take this as part of a pattern. Like since the adpocalypse, it's very clear the direction that YouTube is going and it's not in the right one. So I can't blame anyone for taking them at their word and thinking, right. okay, it's, you know, it's not time to diversify material. It's time to diversify platforms. So exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling optimistic. <laughs> Me neither. Um, Robert Atkinson, ten dollars. Where do the two of you fall on tree versus or tree of logic versus the skeptic community? The whole rage storm bro down. Oh boy. <laughs> this is a two-part question. The second part's even worse. Uh, blonde, when is the big day? Motherhood soon. I'm getting married in June, and I'm hopefully getting pregnant in July. Remember, both of you, one in eight couples have fertility issues. Thanks a lot, bro. Um, <laughs> Skag and I are both 29, and at this age, uh, it's closer to like one in ten couples that have fertility issues. So, mm. so yeah. Um, and as far as the rage after storm and tree of logic thing, I actually made a video about this. Um, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was the one before my most recent and Skag, you don't have to put your oar in on that one. No, uh, all I can say is this, I'm not going to take like a position on, on the issue discussed, um, both because I don't consider myself qualified to do so. And also cause I'm going to get hate no matter what I say. All yeah. I will say is this, I don't believe there should be topics that are not discussable, like opinions that are not discussable opinions that are deal breaking right. topics that are off limits from the table of discussion. I don't like that premise or that concept. Um, yes. And there shouldn't be, you know, if there's an idea that you think is not discussable, um, then just don't participate in that discussion. Agreed. But I don't you know. You shouldn't why try that's to so silence others from don't discussing. Don't platform people, right? Yeah. Uh, then we have BB that gave us seventy-five dollars. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just cause we really appreciate BB. BB, know, we so need to give like I don't know BB. Um, we need to give BB like some kind of on-screen honor or something at this point. <laughs> yeah, really. BB deserves Thank it. You. Thank really you, BB. Um, Jamie LaQuinta gave us seven dollars total. How do you guys meet and decide to start this? Oh boy. Uh, well, we could be quick. Uh, I, I presumably this is a person who's probably new to the show. I would imagine. Um, and we, I think we've told it a few times, but I was on a podcast that didn't work out. You messaged me last spring and like, Hey, you want to do a stream sometime? Cause you had a YouTube channel and, um, you know, you, you knew who I was and I sort of met you that way. And I was looking I was at 5,000 subscribers then. Yeah. And I was sort of looking to start a podcast. I knew kind of the person that I was looking for to, to, start this idea and, I, and we did one stream and I thought, oh, that was cool. Hey, you want to do this on a weekly basis? And she said, sure. And here we are a year later and uh, it's still going. 
Yeah, I can't believe it. No, it's going pretty well. We've we've got some of it down. Some parts. Yeah, some of it. Down. of it. Some of it. Yeah. Uh, I'll go through a few more of these and then we should keep going. We, we've okay. been getting, we're doing great on super chat tonight. Thank you so much. All this, for all yeah, this is turning into like a, uh, um, Pat Robertson, like television event, I know. evangelical well, we were fundraising. Talking about <laughs> what to do because we like reading the comments, but it just takes, you know, we're doing it for like 30 minutes of every show yeah. and, uh, you know, but with Patreon and everything, so much uncertainty, Super Chat's a great way for us to get back some of this income. So we really appreciate it. Um, I'm just going to read a few more of these. Josh yep. G. Marshall, $5. YouTube censoring videos. We don't like one policy at a time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pie Whack at one, $5. What is scary is that large swaths of people don't see the biases of the networks. That's true, too. Maybe we're overestimating people's intelligence, their baseline level of intelligence. Mm. Uh, James Harrells in $5. Did you hear that Sam Harris canceled his Patreon because of Lauren Southern? Yes. And I also heard that he was making $50,000 a month. So that is yeah. no small gesture. If that is true and he did it strictly on principle, I got I to gotta say, well, Fuck applause yeah, man. for that, Good man. For him. Good yeah. for you. I, I, as far as I know, that's why he did. But if there's more detail to it, to it than that, then I'll have to look into it. Uh, then we have the Blonde Rant just gave us $17.89. $17.89 for the U.S. Constitution. Also, Matt, I'm go. the listener. You were going to interview about living in the Mideast. Finally, go, Pat, go. Ah, well, now I'm not going to interview you. <laughs> I'm going to thank you for your $17. And I'm going to tell you, get the hell out of here. No, thank you for that, the Blonde Rant. Uh, uh, David that. Howard, $5.05. Kickstarting the Matt's Luscious Lips Tutorial Fund. <laughs> yeah, that's how I can diversify my content, too. Yeah, Got to totally. think about it. Okay. Uh, Our, Dave S. Let's see one more. Dave S. Uh, dollars. Sure. Money rules the world if Gen Z has the bucks. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so I'll, I'll be quick through this. We didn't. We didn't talk about Anthony Scaramucci much, other than you think his face is far too square. No, no. I said his head is too square. Okay. His head is too square. But other than that, we didn't talk about him very much, and part of that is because he had a ten-day White House tenure as communications <laughs> director, and. It, I can't believe how much happened in the 10 days. So ten, within this 10-day window to, at the end of July, Scaramucci becomes the new communications director. He basically pushes Sean Spicer out, the former press secretary, pushes Wrights Priebus out, the former chief of staff, and says ridiculous things about Wrights Priebus that we'll get to in a second. Uh, everybody's kind of familiar with it. And this bizarre, he gave this bizarre New Yorker interview. Wrights is, right. is one of the people thrown under the bus in this interview. I didn't know this until reading this today. His wife divorces him. That that happened in the 10-day window too. And you're not going to say no in a second. Get this. This is what I saw reported. It might be false, but if true. Is it infidelity? No, but it's close to as bad. His wife divorces him after filing for divorce like a few weeks ago, which is during her ninth month of pregnancy it's what she filed for divorce. And part of the, I don't know if it was the reason, but another corresponding event is Mooch missed the birth of his child to be with Trump, but he texted her. And this is the disputed part. It was reported that he texted her that he was praying for their child, but he Dude, was not there. <laughs> I still would not break up a marriage with a new baby because the father missed the birth, but I would for just... sure if he cheated on me. So I bet it was something worse than that. I hope there's something more to it than that. Cause if it's just hanging out with Trump, that's probably not a good. Ex just want to watch the game. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Hey, I'm praying for a baby. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh because we didn't have enough time to give Scaramucci the credit he deserved for his for his style, let's put it that way. I've compiled some of the best Scaramucci, basically a, a best of montage of his 10 day tenure because we had this New Yorker interview. And then he also had this 
half hour phone interview on New Day with Chris Cuomo on CNN, in which he also said a series <laughs> of funny and bizarre things. So let's hop into it. This is um, our montage for um, for Anthony Scaramucci. And now the moochiest of Anthony Scaramucci. I see a little silhouette of a man. Anthony Scaramucci unleashing a profane attack against Chief of Staff Reince Priebus. Telling a reporter from The New Yorker, Reince is a expletive paranoid schizophrenic, a paranoia, <laughs> vowing a crackdown on White House leaks. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to expletive kill all the leakers. I want adding, to kill the they'll leakers. They'll all be fired by me. I fired one guy the other day. I have three to four people I'll fire tomorrow. Reince Priebus, if you want to leak something, he'll be asked to resign very shortly. And Scaramucci describing Steve Bannon in terms so vulgar they can't be repeated on television. I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to suck my own. He said, speaking of tongue <laughs> strategists. As you know from the Italian... Okay, and then he goes on New Day. So he talks to the New Yorker and, and accuses Reince of being a leaker. He says that um, that that Steve Bannon is performing anatomically miraculous acts upon himself and uh and then he calls chris cuomo and part of like some of the things he says are really silly but then he also takes some jabs at chris cuomo and jake tapper that are pretty funny so even though he's kind of off the wall i kind of find him charismatic in a weird yeah, way Yeah, i mean so do i he's like but he's like the guy at the deli that you want to hear complain <laughs> he's not you know white house material yeah it's um and I'm told that a lot, I don't know how much of this is true, but I'm told that a lot of this is like New York culture kind of thing too, which is foreign to me. You know what I mean? Like New York, yeah. the way New Yorkers communicate in this style is not something I've experienced. So I'm, I'm told it's, yeah. yeah, I'm told it's normal some places. And to me, it's just, it's, yeah, it's weird, but it's funny and I kind of like it. Anyway, he says, um, he, 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 we joked, he seems like a mob boss. He always does. But the first thing he, or the first highlight I have here is him telling uh, him telling Chris Cuomo, the fish stinks from the head down, as the old Italian saying goes. Um, but I don't stink, and the president doesn't stink. But it's weird because he's saying that problems start at the top. That's fish. Fish stinks from the head from the head down. Problems start yeah. at the top, but the head doesn't have any problem. It was. It was... It's weird. Anyways, <laughs> we'll we'll just listen to it. Expression: The fish stinks from the head down. But I can tell you two fish that don't stink. Okay, and that's me and the president. If you want to talk about the chief of staff, we have had odds. We have had differences. When I said we were brothers from the uh, from the podium, that's because we're rough on each other. Some brothers are like Cain and Abel. Other brothers can fight with each other and then get along. So if Ryan Some brothers murder each other. <laughs> Some brothers get along. Which one are which one are rights and I? I? I don't really know. That's up to the president to decide. <laughs> If the president tells me to kill him, I'll kill him, okay? <laughs> it's really that simple. It's just like Cannon Hill. Reince wants to explain that he's not a leaker. Let him do that. Okay, so I'm done talking. You can ask me questions, but be nice on this segment, Chris, because this is a very serious matter of interest to all of America. Like I, I, just, I just love the balls to go on someone else's show and say, I'm done talking, and now you can ask me questions. Yeah. I kind of like admire that. Even though I get annoyed when people go on other people's platforms and try to boss them around. In this case, I make an exception because it's it's Chris Cuomo and I like to watch him squirm. Well, yeah, it's fun to watch these like beta leftists get pushed around by by an alpha type. It's, it's expected. Like I said about the West Wing, if there's 300 people working there 
and there's 300 million people in the country. You're one in a million. Right. Why don't you honor the job? You remember Joe Paterno? What would he say? He okay. Said, Act like you, you've been there before. Right. Act but- with honor and <sighs> dignity and respect. Because we're gonna act- I assume you're familiar with Joe Paterno. Oh, I don't know yeah. your football. Yeah. I know you don't like football, but that was a big story. To be clear, he for people who might not be familiar, he is saying he is referencing Joe Paterno as an authoritative voice on honor. Joe Paterno overlooked a decades-long child rape scandal at Penn State, Wasn't and he resigned. It was resi- longer than that. It I mean, was long. I mean, it's yeah, decades long. It was the Jerry Sandusky case. And not only not only did he overlook it, but it was uncovered. He resigned in disgrace, and as far as I can tell, he died of shame. Like that is what happened to Joe Paterno. Uh, so. Why would he say that? <laughs> There's wisdom in the phrase, act like you've been there before, but still don't. Just don't, say it and don't say who said it. No one's going to Google it. Yeah, don't don't um, put Paterno the in honor. The great Joe in this Paterno scene. said. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. There's Execute more. the agenda, okay? And, and he's going to get reelected. I told Tapper I'll send him a box of Kleenex. Yeah, I don't know why like you that. said that, by the way. What's that? It's insulting when you say something like that to Jake Tapper, by the way. All right, I, I'm, t- I'm teasing him. But you, that's not a nice thing to tease a journalist about. To hit me. It's like oh, teasing us about being Italian. Act. It's not nice. It's offensive. And... When you okay. say to a journalist, okay. I'll bring okay. you Kleenex because you'll be upset Great. if the president... What's the matter, you, Chris, Chris <laughs> Cuomo? <laughs> I mean, I thought, that's all, I thought that was like the Italian thing is taking jabs at each other. Maybe I'm being yeah. culturally insensitive, but I always thought... When I picture like stereotypical New York Italian guys at a pizzeria, all they're doing is talking shit to each other. Sure. And then hugging and saying, ah, this guy, he ain't so bad. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that's not real. Maybe that's a fictional. <laughs> no, I don't know. I lived in New York and Jersey yeah. for a while, and like the Italians are pretty much what you would expect. Yeah, they, they talk do shit, that. Yeah. right? Yeah. They talk shit to each other. Yeah. So why can't Chris Cuomo do that? It's mean. He literally just said that. Yeah, it's like making fun of us for being Italian. Okay. And gets reelected. You can, you can, You're I'll suggesting you what, that they're biased. It's not nice. Send me toilet paper if he loses. How's that? I'll send you. I, I report to the president of the United States. I talked to him 15 minutes this morning. I'm far from in trouble. Yeah. I have his full support. Okay. Only thing he said to me is, if you're going on Chris Cuomo's show, you better be nice to you this morning. Otherwise, I'm not going to let you go on. But you're doing a good job so far. Look, the pres- Well, it turns out he was actually in trouble, or at least he would be as soon as um, new, oh, yeah. new chief of staff. Um, what's his first name? General Kelly. I forget his first name. New chief, new chief of staff guy. General Kelly comes in and says, Scaramucci needs to get the hell out of here. And, uh, and so that's what happens. Have Sarah you heard Huffy. this 4D chess theory? That Let's this listen. whole Scaramucci thing was just kind of a ploy to d- distract from other policy decisions. Let's listen to what Sarah Huckabee Sanders has to say, and then you can explain it to me. Just a brief clip of her explaining the departure. The president certainly felt uh, that Anthony's comments were inappropriate for a person in that position, and he didn't want to burden General Kelly uh, also with that line of succession. I don't like it as a judge. You know what? You're fired. I don't like these jokes, Anthony. You're fired. And that was the end of the story. So, you know, a brief, brief career in the White House, Anthony, but uh, you you had a lot of you fit in a lot of laughs and a lot of uh, memorable quotes in such a short tenure. But what's the what's the tinfoil hat take? I mean, okay, so I guess he kind of acted like everybody expected him to act. And so I guess the tinfoil hat theory, which I don't endorse, is that. Trump brought him on kind of knowing that he would do something like this that would create a media storm that would distract him from other policy decisions. Uh, What did he do during that period? The trans thing? Well, there's certainly 
I'm not going to say that the case for a lot of these things being distractions is completely bogus. I think certainly there's circumstantial reason to believe it might be the case. Even the trans thing, the fact that it was just tweeted out and then the Pentagon says like, what? Can you please develop this policy for us? Like, yeah, I'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. I mean, so there's that and that's simultaneous with the Scaramucci stuff. Uh, and it's 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 a period. It follows directly after a period in which the president was having a lot of policy defeats on the health care bill. Um, I forget what else in there, but it was like a bad streak for for Trump for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, yeah, these kind of surprise moves just kind of start popping up. It but did does... take the heat off him for a while, indirectly, oh, but also made him yeah. a subject of scrutiny too. So I mean, it's, Anthony Scaramucci is to me exactly like Trump. I mean, or I think most people can see that he's. Has almost identical style to Trump, don't you think? Yeah, it's similar. I mean, they're both crass and don't really care what people think about them, yeah. which I appreciate in a politician. It's refreshing. Yeah. I, I like Scaramucci, I gotta say. I like him more after all. This. Hey, he was looking for a job. You wanna produce this show, Anthony Scaramucci? <laughs> yeah. He could probably little... book guests better than we can. I bet he could go. He get definitely <laughs> could, yeah. Hey, call us. You know, I know. Email us. Send us a super chat. Anthony Scaramucci will consider help us you. get Anthony Weiner on the show. <laughs> oh, you want Anthony Weiner? You want to talk? That to would that? be amazing. We'd he's get probably like available. A views. He's probably available. I don't think he's got much going on right now. Yeah, oh, wait, no. Didn't he go to interviews? Did he go to? Didn't he go to jail? Not yet. Now I forget. I'll have to look it up. Wow, this just happened. What happened to our brains? Because uh, we're so turning thirty. News. That's what's too many news stories. Yeah. Oh okay, that's all I got on Scaramucci. Okay. No more uh, Mooch. You, yes. Farewell, Mooch. Uh, I look forward to our next encounter. I hope it'll be every bit as unpredictable and hilarious. You mean to knock out some of these super chats? Sure. All right. I am Eric. $10. Would you be able or would you be looking? I'm so blind. Uh, would you be looking to start a news organization at some point? What would have to happen before you would start to hire some staff um we'd have to be making some more monies right now uh, we're just skating by we can't afford to hire any staff right there's that i would love to have somebody who uh could handle like assistant duties and production duties yeah. difference is i wouldn't want just as a matter of principle i wouldn't want to do it unless somebody got something in exchange maybe i could arrange something with like the local college and we could do like an internship thing where there's some kind of credit that'd be great or ideally i'd like to pay somebody part-time for their for their effort. I, I, yeah. I want people to be appropriately compensated, but as far as investment into this goes, that'd be like one of the priority things for me. Yeah, me too. I mean, that would be, that would be really great. It would take a lot of pressure, especially off the skag. Um, Dan Irish gave us $15 more go pack. Go wow. again. <laughs> yeah. He really wants to turn this into a Packers show, man. I don't think that that was left over from before. Um, I, it probably wasn't. David Howard, $2, but do mom and dad read the chat? I hope Skaggs' mom and dad are not reading the chat. I, th I think I think they closed the chat. I can't remember. I do recall, I think, my dad saying something about, man, that chat. Or, I can't remember what he said. Don't read it, Mr. He... Christensen. Don't read it. <laughs> You're far too honorable, dad. The internet is not for you. Yeah. Uh, decades, $5. Congrats to Matt on his surge of subscribers. It has been long awaited and well-deserved. That's true. Well, Congratulations, thanks. Matt. Yeah, We're proud awesome, of you. Man. We're proud of you. Uh, Dakota, Dakota Stanton. entertained though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Dakota Stanton, $5. Matt, has your uh, sub rate gone down after the Skag 3 change? No, it's gone way No, it's always up. gone up. It's always way gone up. Way up. Yeah. Um, uh, then we never asked... had a negative month, you know, some are faster than others, but never had downturn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Stan, $5. Acuxta said the White House is about three M's, Mexicans, Muslims, and media. He oh, meant to yeah. say the three M's are me, me, me. Thanks for the shoulder blonde. He's always talking about how I'm giving him shoulder porn with my outfit. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that quote. He did say that. Oh, the president's <laughs> so worried about the three M's, the Mexicans, the Muslims, and the media. Oh, great. You got a great writing team over at CNN. I know. I your, your ratings are so awesome. <laughs> It's like yeah. green eggs and ham shit. Nick Hawk, uh, $17 and 1776. Thank you. America, fuck yeah. I'm with you. I agree. Um, Steven Suarez, friend of the show, $5. Regarding the Rays Act, what are your opinions on Press One for English? This is actually something that doesn't piss me off uh, as much as it pisses off a lot of other people. I don't know. Um, do I, it, it, is the question specifically like, do I, am I upset if I call a place and they say Press One for English? Yeah, probably not. But I will say the spirit of what the law is trying to get at, which is there are consequences to importing people who speak a different language and have a different culture such that the the majority culture potentially even becomes minority or is it, a lot of those cultural aspects and language is one of them are how cultures become cohesive. You know what I mean? Like you don't integrate into if I move to any other country and I don't pick up the language, I'm a, I imagine, I don't know about the stats, but I got to imagine I'm a lot less likely to integrate into that culture and society fully. You won't integrate into other cultures and societies sure. without speaking the host language. I don't know what people think when they move to another country. I'm not going to like move to Japan and demand people speak English all the time. That would be ridiculous. Whatever happened and to they would never let me move there anyway. You know, and it's the <laughs> same idea. If I, if I go into another person's home and they have a strict shoes off in the house policy, I take my shoes off because guess yeah. what? It's your house. All right. I don't take my shoes off in my house unless people in the super chat want to see feet. Then I take my shoes off. But other I like than that, said that feet, if they want to see feet. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I, All right. I let me get through a few more of these. Give uh, them ideas. Liberative $2. Jim, 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 Jim. I think he meant like Jim, Jim, Jim. Oh, Jim. yeah. Acosta. Yeah. Um, Warren Harshaw, $5. Can you talk about the Dave Rubin interview with the Patreon CEO? Sorry, this oh. is a repeat. Don't know if my first super chat went through. Love the show. Um, oh, sorry ugh. if we missed one. Well, geez, I don't. I don't think I did. Um, yeah. The that interview, people were like, I kind of understand Patreon's position more after watching that, but that made me rage. I was furious, especially with his inability to to answer basic questions about like, what if Milo wanted to join Patreon or whatever. What he didn't realize that he was admitting was that he would bar people from joining Patreon without ever having violated any of their terms of service preemptively. And and he just yes. wasn't like connecting the dots. He was acting like he was being so fucking logical. He Although he's me the a... most beta guy I've ever seen. And what like what was annoying? Boy. He 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 kept. So I was. There are a few points that really annoyed me. One was the Milo point. Like you're serious. You can't say a, a clean yes that Milo could have a Patreon. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, but second, he kept speaking on these these terms of regret about the uncertainty like oh man i'm so bummed out about all this uncertainty you single-handedly created the created uncertainty. it yeah. don't tell me that you're bummed out about it when this he was would going just to be seem like obvious such a liar. consequence yeah obvious consequence you know oh and we should call this. fake news on ourselves about saying that he's probably gay last week because <laughs> he is straight straight guy married that's true i looked it up okay all right um then we you have... are fake news very oh, fake news but I, 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 I held back a little bit. I, you, you were more on the Jack Conti well, K train you know, than me. When I see some like a really effeminate man like that, that even has a full beard, but he's soft spoken. You can tell you can just push him over with a feather or non, you know, non-confrontational and everything like that. When I see a man like that, I hope he's gay because it's very confusing for me to see a man like that and, and realize that he's straight and that he's married. I'm like, what has happened 
to our society that it's producing these like light and the loafers dudes like this. And he's married to a pretty hot chick. Pretty hot. Like I always say, live the life you want to live, but do not confuse blonde. That's where I draw the line. (laughs) If you've confused her, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. (laughs) All right. Let me get a few more of these out. Stay in front of the show to dollars for blonde for talking about butt stuff. Is that when I mentioned Cosmopolitan giving a tutorial? And that was actually Teen Vogue. I made a mistake there too. Fake news. Um, and one more, and then we can come back to this. Scott Malabi, $5. Acosta is a hopped up little boy. Just send him to his room. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> okay. We're going to, we're going to have to get through these last two quickly, but the good news is I think I can, because, um, if there's anyone who is less deserving of airtime on our show, yet still manages to get it mysteriously on what seems like a weekly basis, it is Lena Dunham because she has the most fabulous lies on the internet or at least what i suspect to be lies but that's the great thing about major lies is they are designed to be unable to be substantiated they are not they are unsubstantiatable is that a word I, I, uh, I'm, inventing, I <laughs> I'm inventing words unsubstantiated but, wait yeah and and not able to be substantiated oh, that is I, the key that's the key so Lena Dunham, remember we talked about her stupid dog and how she said her dog was abused and that's why she sent it to dog therapy and then the dog, the kennel place that that uh, gave the dog to Lena allowed her to adopt the dog said, this dog was never abused. We know the whole history of the dog. She's making this up. And Lena says, well, we just have different recollections of what <laughs> Lenny's past or whatever her dog's name was. Something like Ugh. Lenny. I forget what it was. I can't remember. Or Lambie. Lambie was Lamby, the dog. Yeah, that's Lambie, yeah. Lambie. So now Lena Dunham is apparently at uh, JFK airport. She's at the airport in New York and she takes to Twitter to get at American airlines because she has heard some employees engaged in transphobic talk. So she says to uh, American airlines at this moment in history, we should be teaching our employees about love and inclusivity at American air. (laughs) That was the worst part of uh, about this night. And American Airlines says, well, holy cow, that's verified big deal. Lena Dunham telling us that we're bigots. How can we accommodate her? Lena, please message us, get into our DMs. And she does. Lena sends them this this story. Uh, I heard two female attendants walking, talking about how trans kids are a trend. They'd never accept uh, how trans kids are a trend. They'd never accept a trans child and transness is gross. I think it reflects badly on uniformed employees of your company uh, to have this kind of dialogue going on. What if a trans teen was walking behind them? Awareness starts at home, but jobs can set standards of practice. Thanks for your consideration. And she uh, tweets that out. Bitch. And then, <laughs> and then American Airlines asks her for information. She tells them the general area at which this took place. They thank her for the info and she thanks them. And that's kind of that. Um, But for the fact that American Airlines did, in fact, look into this and they were unable to substantiate it in any way, because, of course, how are you going to go talk to employees who may have been in the general area and ask them, did you guys express opinions with each other? And then what? Yeah, this is a pattern for Lena Dunham, though. She'll tell these lies that are pretty vague and very difficult to substantiate based upon the nature of the lie. That's how I know that she's lying. She did this before with her um, rape accuser. She did this before with that weird story about her sister, that story about her dog. She's doing this shit all the time. She'll just tell these like weird nebulous lies and expect nobody to look into them. And she feels okay about it. She doesn't have any like moral hangups about it because she thinks that she's telling a lie to expose a larger truth. She thinks she's doing something righteous. Yeah. 
This uh, and there, there are other elements that don't make sense about this beyond just the, 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 the inability to substantiate the claim. Uh, or th- maybe there's a context in which they make sense, but she hasn't explained it. This American Airlines flies out of Terminal Four at at JFK. Um, and Lena at the time was flying Delta, which operates out of Terminal Eight. So this is in a location that she presumably would have no reason to be in, other than the only thing I can think about is sometimes if I have a layover at an airport or long wait at, a, at an airport, and there's like a particular restaurant I want to go to that's in another part of the airport, I've done that. Maybe I mean that would would I make mean, sense to me. Every I guess, time I but... go to an airport, if I have time, I'll walk over. I'll walk all over the the airport. Sure. So like. I, but I just think that based on that story, like based on what she said, based upon how she was acting like she's some kind of trans rights activist, um, I, I can tell that this is a lie. And I, I have never heard people saying derogatory things about trans people. I, I, this is just and, not feasible. And, you, and here's the other part. She said that she heard them walking and talking, but she also has a lot of detail in terms of what they were said, it was like three specific things that they said. So are you walking behind them and listening or did they walk by you, but fit in a lot of detail on the way by? Yeah. A better lie would be that they were standing around, but she didn't say that because then they would be like, where are they standing? Where were they standing? She thought this through. This is a a really cultivated lie. And the other thing about this is even if it was true, this this fits into the box of are we really going to start policing people's opinions? We're, they, again, it's not a threat against a trans person. It's not even saying it's not American Airlines saying, hey, we don't like trans people. We're not going to serve them. This is yeah. a matter of people talking to each other and having an opinion you don't like. And I thought there was uh, I thought that there was a, there was a, a, a segment on Tucker in which Tucker talked to a civil rights attorney about this issue and the civil rights attorney guy is going to bat for Lena Dunham and explaining why what Lena Dunham did is the right thing. And Tucker's taking the, the opposite position that we shouldn't be in the business of policing people's opinions. And what he says to close is more or less exactly how I feel reading this. So this is, um, Tucker and a civil rights attorney. Brian Claypool is a civil rights attorney who supports the tweets that Lena Dunham sent out. He joins us tonight. I think what Lena Dunham was trying to accomplish is to raise awareness within one of the biggest airlines in the world. This is a common carrier. This is a personal service business. So she's concerned that this might be something that that emanates throughout American Airlines. So she's now using social media to raise awareness. They run an airline. And so should they ask all of their hundreds of thousands of employees, quote, do you find transness gross? What American Airlines needs to do, what big business needs to do, I've sued big business for 10 years for discrimination claims. And they do, listen, they, they do nothing unless you, unless you create a potential consequence for them through so social media. Sweet, sweet. Nobody yeah. discriminated against anyone. Think about what he's saying there. They do nothing unless you bully them to do what you want them to do. There's no demonstration that they've done anything wrong. There's just kind of an unsubstantiated allegation, which isn't even wrong if true. I would apply that logic. You know, I I do that to leftist media outlets. I'm like, they're not going to do anything. So we should just bully side them. Yeah, that's probably an area in which you and I disagree uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, These bully tactics. uh, I. It's pressure. uh, It's the social pressure. I think that that's important. I mean people backtrack when they feel like they're in trouble and when they've done something legitimately wrong, that's really helpful. We sure. can't act like we, we can't I will use say that this. If you want to make the case for bully tactics, please at least demonstrate to me the crime that the object of the bullying has committed to deserve right. said bullying. And that is not established yeah. in any way in this case. So I can't listen to it. Anyway, Agreed. there's more. 
anyone else. Nobody heard anyone else. These are two people talking to each other. Okay. This is an opinion. And I grew up in a country where you could have opinions that maybe you didn't agree with, but I could still not be punished for that. And you're saying they right. should be punished for having a view that you disagree with in private. And I'm saying you're a fascist for believing that. What I'm saying <laughs> is American Airlines needs to... I don't know if I go that far. The term is... um. I'm not saying it's an improper use of the term. I just that that term like makes me cringe now because of how meaningless it's become. That's that's the only thing I dispute about that term. But to his point that policing opinions is fascist in nature, I do agree with that. So I suppose it's not wrong. Conduct or implement more sensitivity training, because what Lena Dunham is saying, Tucker, is what if a transgender person is sitting in a seat and these two flight attendants make comments like that in front of passengers, for example? Have you ever expressed? Could you imagine hearing words that you don't like? I know. What if? <laughs> what if? People act like <sighs> words are just going to come out and just smack you right on the face. I know. That's not how it works. A friend of mine assault. a while back made a great joke, like a great joke about this. Like, you ever walk down the street late at night in a sketchy neighborhood? You don't really know what's going on. And you can't really see around the dark corners. You know, there's been a lot of bad things that have happened in this neighborhood, and all of a sudden, like, there's a there's a mean word walking down the street towards you. So you just cross <laughs> the street and you walk on the other side because you don't want any trouble. Watch out for that. I think yeah. the other the other thing was uh, remember a time when humans feared like natural predators. We used to have lions and tigers and bears to avoid, and now it's the mean words that hide in the bushes. And I will say this about Yellowstone, man. I didn't see a lot of wildlife, but I, did, you know, I didn't see a lot of mean words either. So, <laughs> so it's a success in terms of avoiding predators. Anyway, this horse is long dead. I'll stop eating it. <laughs> a view in private that you wouldn't be comfortable sharing, for example, on a live TV show like this one. Let me answer that for you. Yes, you, you have. Yeah, yes, yes, have. I, yes, I, right. yes, so I have. Do, do you acknowledge but, that but I did it in my home? Do you Tucker, acknowledge I did it in my home? Okay, they were walking, talking to each other. What I'm saying is, look, you guys who are pushing social change in the rest of the country are going about it all wrong. Most Americans are tolerant, compassionate people. And if you say to them, hey, don't bother someone because he's different, most Americans are like, yeah, that's fine. But you're taking it two steps beyond that and saying, you're not allowed to have opinions. No. You're not allowed to have your own views or we're going to hurt you. And what I'm saying is, I will fight you on that. I am tolerant. <laughs> I have no interest in bothering other people. But when you tell me I'm not allowed to think certain things, that's, a, that's too far. I am in 100% agreement with Tucker on that. I thought it was pretty much yeah. perfectly articulated. Well, my, my only problem with that whole segment is that they were operating under the premise that she's not lying. And she's a known liar. Yeah. So yeah. It, it should have just stopped right there. You know, It's like, oh, she told this story. You can't substantiate it. There should be no public conversation about what she's talking about. Because who gives a shit? She's yep. an actress. She has no political expertise. She has no more knowledge than any other person. And she's been indoctrinated. She went to Oberlin. She grew up in New York City. She has rich, you know, elitist parents. No. Can't we just not agree not to listen to Lena Dunham at all about anything? I, well, we should probably uh, adopt that rule ourselves. <laughs> I, don't <know> how <laughs> yeah, we end, I don't know how we end up talking about her, but it's because... Because it's enraging and because she keeps yeah. being able to stir the pot even though she has no political power. I'm like, why do people still listen to her? Yeah, at, the, at the end of the day, it's about, it's about equal rights before the law. And I will defend that on behalf of anyone, regardless of how much I agree or disagree with any aspect of their lives. Oh, yeah. But you don't have a right to my opinion. I'm sorry. You can do whatever you want, but you don't have a right to tell me that I must think it's very cool and I must affirm it. Right. No, I'll just sit in my own home and be like, I don't fucking get that. I think it's dumb, but you be what you want to be. Yep.
Okay, and then we got one more topic to get through. Uh, so however we want to divvy up Super Chat and one more topic. Let's just do it at the end. We got okay. like a million of them. <laughs> we, could be, we could be quick with this one too because this was a great tweet that was circulating this week uh, from now this, which as far as I can understand is some sort of Marxist propaganda outlet that exists on Twitter and other social media. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't like to use that word lightly, but I mean this stuff is basically propaganda that they're pumping out. And um, so now this shares this this video tweet or a video in a tweet about, as I said at the top of the show, what is presumably the intersectionality queen, a queer Muslim feminist featured on this show, which is called um, the bold type. And it's on free form. And it's about these people who work at a magazine that's called Scarlet. And this particular, this, this intersectionality queen is, uh, is she's a photographer at the magazine. And so now this is praising the groundbreaking moment that is media representation of queer Muslim feminists. It's been far she's, too long. She's miscast. <laughs> they needed to cast R2 Dindu in this. <laughs> well, I was joking with friends about um, she almost hit, she's almost the perfect intersectionality queen she's just not disabled and my friends were like well you gotta wait till season two you know she's gonna trip on her hijab and break yeah. her leg and then she'll be in a wheelchair and she'll be the ultimate unquestionable queen of wisdom and uh, we will all have to bow before her unquestionable opinions yeah so yeah, they gotta, five times you gotta, day. yeah you gotta save some things you gotta keep this the suspense i uh, presumably that's what's coming no spoilers though i haven't seen i haven't seen any any um any unreleased footage or anything like that anyway here's the uh Here's now this is praise of how groundbreaking and awesome this is that was on Twitter. <laughs> so the show introduces a queer Muslim feminist and she's a BAMF. You know what a BAMF is, right? No. A badass motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> and look at these. Look at the makeout scene right up front. Oh, God. I choose to wear the hijab. Hold on, pause it. Okay. Not a hijab. What she was yeah, wearing Yeah, I was right wondering there, about that. Not a hijab. It's supposed to cover your neck and shoulders. She just has a scarf tied around her head. And she's like, it's a hijab. Like, they got to get this shit accurate, at least. Well, look, she's already getting stoned five times over. I mean, I don't think that <laughs> extra one really matters at this point. Let's keep going. <laughs> Tackling all kinds of issues immigration to racial profiling if you can't if you're listening and you can't see this now i didn't realize this until i was sharing this on twitter she's even tackling online trolls trolls. it's clearly a milo look-alike that's they they were trying to do a milo stand in here really that's what people think and i think that's believable okay you don't think that guy has a milo look to him no he looks like trudeau Eh, kind of kind of he kind of looks like uh, milo mixed with steven crowder to be honest (laughs) anyway Towelhead friend here should speak English or go back where she came from. Come on, cat. He's not worth it. Uh, that guy was awesome. Yeah, apparently that is um, Stephen Miller's assistant, I guess. <laughs> he, he writes immigration policy for the White House. <laughs> I choose to wear the hijab. Does not oppress me, but liberates me from society's 
expectations of what a woman should look like. You know, uh, I would like to be in a jail cell because it liberates me from society's expectations yeah. about what my home should look like. <laughs> Think about it. You know, I don't conform to societal expectations. And wearing a hijab voice a bunch of societal expectations on you, too. Yeah. It, it puts you in a different identifying class. That's such a fucking stupid argument. All right, go on. And some, yes, are even queer. <laughs> it's more about this. Okay, now... Again, the makeout scene. What we teased at the top of the show that made this extra enjoyable is this tweet got a lot of reaction from, you know, from the Muslim community. Um, actually, this is too... Can, do you have this handy to read, any of these tweets? I have them up, but they're too small to read and I can't resize. Uh, I can probably... I can probably I, read it. I um, can do it. Um, okay. Where are they in the outline? I don't think we put them in there. I'll just... I'll go for it. I think I can squint. Um, actually, I could do it this way. Uh, no, I can't. Dang it. Um, homosexuality is against nature. Um, it isn't how children are born. You can like people uh, from the same sex, but you can't perform sexual acts on them. This coming from one tweener. Uh, and then they kind of go back and forth about, uh, or did you get your MD in medical biology? or uh, uh, Did your MD in medical biology tell you this uh, or your 3,000-year-old book? Well, have there ever been, um, have babies ever been born between two men uh, or two ladies? Uh, oh, and the Quran is 1,385 years old now and nothing has changed. Uh, basically, if the act of homosexuality is, uh, or basically the act of homosexuality is forbidden because it is sexual deviance, one can have um, tendencies, I presume he means, but it's forbidden to act upon it. And if there were these great back and forth battles between the social justice minded people who think, no, 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 these right. aren't real Muslim beliefs. And then um, actual Muslims. <laughs> real Muslim beliefs being uh, made. Did you get the, the deleted tweet? I'll, yeah. I'll read that one. Yeah, um, it's right here. Okay, so they are not Muslim if they are sodomized. And this is something we, it was archived. We couldn't find it later. Um, yeah. May Allah break the backs of those who support <laughs> these disease-ridden ro rodents. 35 retweets, 123 likes. And the guy, it's a picture of him uh, like in some kind of sacred Muslim, I, I don't even know. And I remember seeing some better ones. I'm pretty sure Twitter scrubbed a lot of this. They scrubbed a shitload I, of it because I read some and I was like, oh, and then I went back to check and they were all gone. Yeah. So unfortunately, we didn't archive them in time. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was some law good... break the backs of those who support these <laughs> disease ridden rodents. That sums up Islam right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, had, I had a few back and forths um, with some people. There was one in particular that really got to me because this guy was saying, well, yeah, this um, this is just about Islam in the West. Like, there's all kinds of anti-Islamic discrimination in the West. Uh, uh, do you not think that LGBTQ Muslims are a thing? And I said, no, my point is they can only, because I said, when is the premier in Saudi Arabia? Obviously, yeah. just making a stupid joke. Because a million people wrote that joke. It's not even the best joke. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm just poking fun at this because it can't exist in the Muslim world, obviously. And this person is saying, well, we're not talking about the Muslim world. We're talking about the Western world. Yeah, the point is, he asked me, do you think... Muslim LGBTQ people don't exist. I said, of course they exist. The point is they can only exist equally in secular, non-Muslim society. They can and only exist without punishment. 
in Western society. You will get yeah. killed in a bunch of Muslim countries with no due process if they hear that you're gay. What do people not understand about this? You cannot make this show even in Saudi Arabia. There would be huge backlash. She would yeah. already have acid thrown in her face. So this guy was challenging me, and my only challenge to him was show me one majority Islamic country in which LGBT people have equal rights to straight people. I, and he wouldn't do that, of course, because you can't no provide answer. him. Right. If, you have a, if you have an example, I'd like to see it. But it got me looking into some of the Pew data from, the again, the this is something that people should familiarize themselves uh, with. I don't, I, I think Pew is, as far as I know, a respectable polling outlet, a respectable surveying outlet, not agenda-driven, yeah. certainly not one that's agenda-driven in a right-wing way. At least I've never seen a, a case made for that. This is a few years old, but people need to remember, and I'm glad I looked back into this, because the, the the worldviews on these issues of the Muslim world are very clearly it's not it's it's not even a split right it's not a split of well some some Muslim countries some aspects of Muslim culture abroad are they're okay with homosexuality it's pretty universal look at these numbers is homosexual behavior moral and again this is 2013 it's four years ago but I can't imagine <laughs> can't imagine the reform has happened that quickly. All, regardless of region, Southeastern Europe, Central Asia, uh, Southeast Asia, South Asia, Middle East, North Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, basically an average of about 90% or more saying it is morally wrong. And under 10%, there's one quote in here, um, only in three countries do as many as one in 10 Muslims say that homosexuality is morally acceptable. Uganda, Mozambique, and Bangladesh. Those are the, those are the enlightened ones. One in 10 will say it's morally acceptable. Now, granted, we're talking about what morality is, and some people would say that's distinct from the law. But you got to also remember what these same polling data say on Sharia law and whether Sharia law should be the law of the land. And again, sizable majorities not close, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, in the Middle East, South Asia, Southeast Asia, less so in uh, in Europe. But still, si sizable majority saying Sharia law should be the law of the land. And by the way, Sharia law, not very LGBT friendly. So it's not it's it's not hateful. It's just the, the polling data show the opinions of what these cultures believe. It, it's it's not close. I don't understand. Yeah, and these. they're always acting like it's the Christian conservatives that are the problem. But if you pulled them with the same questions, you know, not about Sharia law because, you know, that wouldn't be applicable. But if you pulled them saying, do you think homosexuality is immoral? I bet you would get drastically more preferable numbers yeah. in the Christian community than you would in the Muslim community. Yet they're right. still acting like they're the problem all the time. So for these people who don't get the criticism like that guy in my mentions today, which nobody cares about, but I do for some reason, the point, the point is, if you're, if, if, being if anti-LGBT discrimination or aggression is your big deal, there's plenty in this Islamic culture that you fetishize that needs to be fixed before you start bitching to me about how a Milo lookalike tweeted something mean at you. Right. right. Nobody's going to listen to you until that becomes reformed. If you are truly an advocate of LGBTQ rights, um, you have to basically almost completely uh, exclude Islam from any of your organizational efforts. I think that the most charitable could argue that you could tr strive for reform, that maybe you can reform the Muslim, you can modernize the Muslim faith to kind of modern attitudes on this issue. Why? They've but been in the Stone Age always. I good mean, luck. They, you got a lot of them. You got a lot to no, work on. They have on. no interest in modernity. Yeah. I, we can't change these people. We can't. You want to go door to door, it's going to take a while.
just a lot of a lot of Muslims, a lot of Muslim doors to knock on her. Yeah. And uh, half those would just end in beheadings anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, be sure to wear like a uh, I don't know, a titanium collar of some yeah. kind. And yeah, bring bodyguards with you. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. You wanna uh, close out super chat and then we'll get out of here. Oh yeah, sure. We we got so many guys. I'm sorry. Oh my um, god. Mithrin, two dollars, Jim. First rule of being an a hole: stop digging. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> Austin Kane, five dollars. Huvian, love you all. Uh, this is Huvian. Oh, yeah. Love you, you all. Had a bad day. Thanks for cheering me up. Oh, you were very welcome. Thanks for yeah. listening. Josh D. Marshall, five dollars. So much dumb and so little time. I can't handle it. I don't even know what segment he's referring to because yeah, we talked about so much dumb crap today. Could be us maybe, too. You know, maybe yeah. Lena Dunham. Yeah, maybe he is talking about us. Yeah. Uh, Black Magic, two dollars. English equals commerce. Retards. Shaking my head. Yeah. Yep. Josh D. Marshall, $2. My earlier super chat was towards Jim Acosta. Sorry, I don't I don't remember what you said, bro. Well, but... there were a few that we that I think I think we were clear on pretty much all of them. But they were misinterpreted at the start. Oh, okay. Um then we have anyway, five dollars from B. Blonde scale of one to ten. How much do you miss emos and toasted ravioli? I actually miss them a lot. You know, I'm, I'm kind of I've been nostalgic about St. Louis lately because I read today that Cicero's, which is this place I used to go to in high school and hang out all the time. It was like a, sta a staple in St. Louis. It closed because the loop area has just, you know, there's just too much black crime. And so I'm seeing a lot of my favorite businesses. Um, you know, St. Louis is kind of shutting down. It's it's sad. I'm still nostalgic about it. So I miss mm. emos a lot. I do. Um, mm. B. Horowitz Guthrie gave us one hundred dollars. Thank you so Jeez. much. Thanks Thank for the you. insight. Definitely goes against everything I should be supporting. <laughs> I, I'm not. Well, wait, wait. It goes against everything I should be. I guess I'm not entirely clear how to. It goes against everything I should be supporting. Well, I don't know. I don't know what his. I, I, I appreciate it nonetheless. Well, we appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, thank, well, you thank you for tuning much. in. Thank you for supporting. Uh, Joel Dykeman, $10. Alpha Beta Talk Blonde. Didn't you know that Adam ruins everything? Debunk that. His word is gospel. People oh, yeah. keep telling me to watch that, and I, I haven't yet. Yeah, we should watch that since you're unfamiliar with him. He's uh, he's insufferable in my book, even <laughs> okay. before this. And if he uh, if he bothers me, he's sure to bother you. Oh, all right. All right. Maybe yeah. we should check it out then. Uh, the Coward Liberius, $5. But what if the sub-90 IQ terrorist immigrant gives birth to a child who invents the cure to cancer? <laughs> Way to be racist. What if, the, what if the, yeah, what if the child of an Islamic terrorist grows up to be, I don't know, the reformer who cures, the, the who solves Islamic terrorism forever? It could I happen. I can't get behind that logic, yeah. It could happen. Uh, That's the thing is we're supposed to do these things on the possibility of, hey, it's not impossible. Yeah, I know. So all risks be damned. It's not impossible. We should make all of our decisions that way. Yeah. Well, this is really risky, but surviving it's not impossible. So yeah, yeah, you know, hey kids, stop using uh, contraception because hey, she might not get pregnant. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. And drunk driving, you probably won't get caught. So. Hey, it's a fact. I bet it's a fact that most drunk driving incidents end up just fine. It, I bet it's that's true. They true. talk about it in Freakonomics. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, don't worry about it. Dakota Stanton, five dollars. A CNN guy's argument is the same against abortion. Uh, I'd have to think about the line of reasoning that he used and how it would apply to abortion. And which argument? Jim Acosta, one of his, but I, I'm not exactly sure which the, one. Oh, I guess he, he could have been talking about Cuomo, right? Oh, yeah, I guess he could. You're right. It could have been Cuomo. I assumed he meant Acosta. Sorry, man. When I don't read these like as they happen, it's a hard. It's hard for me yeah. to reference. We, we do the best we can. Thank you. We, we do that. We're doing the best we can. Um, Mithrin again, five dollars. Lena Dunham, attention whore, uses hot button topic and desperate ploy for relevance. Yeah. Hmm. That's, That's all right. We'll siphon slide. off her. 
we'll siphon off her meager relevance to uh perpetuate our own meager relevance <laughs> yeah really blue best monkey two dollars huckabee's attitude makes her hot love the show i actually really like her i think she's doing a good job um hmm. she's rolling with the punches I agree. Viking Insane, $2. Stephen Miller's brave enough to sniff Sarsour's butthole. God, what's wrong <laughs> How is that becoming a meme of the show? I know. Somebody said that There's, last week to me, too. There must be some internet basis for that that I'm not keen on. I don't know where about that comes from. About Sarsour's butthole? I, I don't want to yeah. ever think about that. Uh, Mithrin again, $2. Cosmopolitan, the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daryl O'Dell, $10. Thank you very much. Here's one more super chat to pat out the end of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Robert Atkinson, which is the one that reminded us of our waning fertility said, sorry, I meant no offense. The wife and I are having procreation issues. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Please take it as a friendly warning to all that are listening. Movies lie. I know I would be getting pregnant if my fiance was not deployed. So I can't do anything about this guys. Can't do anything about it. You've got a show to make. All right. Priorities. (laughs) I know. Right. We can't have you Uh, eating ice cream and pickles or whatever, like uh, mm -hmm. while we're doing the show. Whatever, I'm I'm going to uh, be pregnant at some point and just not tell anybody and then be like, oh, I have a baby now. Yeah. Uh, the Blonde Rant, $10. Rephrase, you interviewed me about living in Kuwait, but I chickened out about posting it. I look forward oh, to it. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Without revealing this, this was a particular individual, uh, a, a young lady from Wisconsin who did some uh, teaching in Kuwait, and she and oh, I had gotcha. a discussion about what it was like to be a Wisconsin, or, you know, Midwesterner just thrown into Islamic culture. And, um, but she, she decided that she didn't really want to share that information. So I kind of had to scrap it, but oh, we did gotcha. talk about it. It was interesting. Uh, Dakota Stanton, $5 blonde. It was a Costa argument that the child will become this or that is. Ah, an oh, gotcha. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. That true. makes perfect sense. That's, that's true. That makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. Scott Malavi, $5 after the gay stopo overreach. I cannot accept anyone until they substantiate their views. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, then we have Stan, $2. Good night, friends. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Great show. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Stan. We only have a few more. Everybody just hang on. Richard McLaughlin, $10. I do think that there is something intrinsically pathological to homosexual behavior, hence the LGBTQ plus lobby needs to thought police to prevent such an idea from gaining traction in the public. Um, I think that this is probably true, too, but like, as especially as far as men are concerned, like being gay is a real commitment. You don't just kind of try it on and then walk it back. I, I rarely see guys do this. I guess, I guess, yeah, just anecdotally, I've never really... I see chicks do it all the time, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I don't think it's like something's in the water. I think men are like way more effeminate now, but they still want to have sex with women. It, 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 it's such a... The issue he's hitting too is, is just what bugs me so much because when I was younger, I, I really did care about that and I still do. Like I still care about legal equality regardless of orientation and honestly, regardless of gender identity too, even though I think that that's much – I think there's a certain level of I, – I, I guess I'm going to use the term delusion that's associated with transgender identity that's not really pre- present in, in the homosexual context. My point is I've always believed that regardless of those types of decisions, you should have equality before the law, and I was always with them up until that point, and I still am if we were talking about rolling back legal equality. But now that they're on this thought policing, opinion policing yeah. nonsense – well, this is what people in minority groups and grieve and you know groups with grievances do. Once they achieve their objective, they just keep going. I mean, yeah. gays have legal equality. There's no two ways to look at that. But they're still going to continue with this grievance culture bullshit, which yeah. is why they're losing credibility. Yep, the progressivism where a lot of where it lost me is like, isn't isn't there a good enough? Isn't there a point where you go, yeah, that's good enough. We'll wipe our hands, we'll move on. You to know the, the answer to that. There's there never is, and that's why uh-huh. I I can't you know. I, 
and that's why everybody's more. lobbying for all these transsexual rights, even though they're only 0.3% of the population. It doesn't really matter anyway. Hmm. Got to pick a new grievance. Um, then we have Black Magic $5. Tucker is not a proper first name. It is a last name. Also, hashtag wrench the boom, hashtag underdog. And I How saw Boom Baby boom in the chat that saying – it's not Boom Baby, but I oh. saw Boom Baby in the chat saying that I'm not reading his super chats, but I did not receive any of them today. So I kind of don't believe that he's actually. I can, I can get redemption for Boom Baby right now. Uh, then we have Joshua D. Marshall, $2. Can't cuck the tuck. I know, right? And wide and nerdy, $5. It's bigotry, not fascism. Social justice warriors are bigots. We have a serious problem with leftist bigotry today. Let's start using the right word and stop the bigotry. And then. Duh. There was a Boom one, Baby super chat. I did not get hashtag wrench the boom, hashtag persistence, hashtag goals. <laughs> Don't make me side with boom, baby. Is Dude, there some... I'm not. I swear to God, I copy and paste every single one into a new note pad. Um, and I, I just have a hard time believing that. I got that. my eye on you. <laughs> um, and then last one, blonde, please, please, please considered, consider IQ Al Raluzzi, Razuli as a guest. Um, Iraqi born author who warns the world on the dangers of Islam. Hmm. Well, check it out. I'm unfamiliar with that. That's person. not the based imam, is it? I don't know. I know that guy lives in Australia, but I'm not sure where he's Al from. Al-Rasuli. I don't think so. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. We're all caught up. Okay. Wow. I was thinking, Hey, short show tonight. Cause I am tired and weary but uh you know here we are two hours later <laughs> no i'm glad uh i'm glad we were able to cover the topics and of course i'm glad that so many people want to get a word in i really do appreciate it i'm glad um i'm glad we've created something that people want to listen to and participate in it's it's uh it feels good feels good man as pepe would say until he's banned from the internet by the adl Aww. and uh so i i hope no major changes are coming but man this youtube stuff is nonsense anyway until we're actually kicked off or until there's a viable alternative we'll, we'll be here each, each and every week so thank you to our super chatters for helping us chase the dream uh and to our live viewers and live chatters as well shit posting away trying to keep us honest while we're trying to maintain some kind of sincerity around here if you're listening on youtube uh, or on an audio platform on demand later we appreciate you as well there is more of the show if you want to listen back to the call-in show or interviews we've done on other people's shows, extra stuff. It's all on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. Ah, and you can email us, beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We take your questions, requests, or suggestions there. We will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd. At least you're better than Jim Acosta, but you're still Chuck Todd. <laughs> and it's not Meet the Press on Sundays. It is Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. Thanks, Ed. Bye.